Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Dungeon Boys Play Curse of Strahd. My name, Bikif, and I am your DM. I am Josh, playing uh, Reginald, the Orc Fighter. And I am Bryce, playing Jericho Moldrinker, the and Dur- Shifter. The Shifter, sorry. And Derman uh, is the Tabaxi Rogue slash Cleric. Played by Zenus, who is getting a bowl of cereal right Mostly, now. I heard him sneeze. Mostly a cleric now. He's back. He is a cat um, boy. Cat boy. Cat boy cleric. That's my new uh, MC name. Cat boy cleric. Uh, anyway. Before we get too D&D. deep, we did not ahead, level John. after last week, did we? You did not level after last week. Okay. I didn't think so. I didn't plan on it. So I just want to double check before we got too far ahead. <clears throat> no, no levels last week. Uh, Bryce, you were mentioning something about the recap, possibly? Yes. For our recap, I think we should do the... Since we have an NPC to talk to, I think we should do our recap in character. The three of us can kind of try and remember as many details as we can. Because it's been two weeks since we did this. But Yeah, that's a good weeks. idea because... Muriel is about to ask you what the heck's going on. <laughs> yeah, and I'm going to say let's run, and then we'll get into the recap as we run. And then the three of I've us can go. put in whatever details we can remember, and you as the DM can slightly meta us in the right direction if we leave out anything important. <laughs> Muriel can be like, so you're telling me you did this specific thing that I would have no idea what it was, but to remind you that thing? Oh, yes, quite. I remember doing that. <laughs> All right, I'm going to do a, give you one more cough because my glass of blood that I'm drinking tonight is a little, a little bit thick. <laughs> Stop Excuse it. me. All right, so to uh, set the scene then, Muriel, the were-raven that was across the river from the ruined village of Berez, where Baba La Saga, the old hag about which we learned a few things two weeks ago, uh, was holding the green stone um, that that kept the winery, the vines, the uh, grapevines of the winery growing. Um, she was she had stolen the stone from Davian Martikov and the Order of the Feather, uh, the the folks who run the Wizard of Wines Winery. She had stolen the stone. They were tasked uh, to the party was tasked to go retrieve it from Babala Saga. So uh, and so. How are we doing this? Oh, okay. You're just giving the background before we got there? Yes. Okay. So there were some things that happened, uh, but now to set the scene, the party finds itself uh, in the ruined village of Berez after a few events have occurred. uh, And, excuse me, we find ourselves watching what's going on from the point of view of Muriel, who is across the river, a were-raven who had been spying on this village. Uh, Go ahead. Uh, you want to start just so you, we can have Muriel in scene? Okay, so did you guys hit the river? I can't even remember if you hit the river last week. Did you yeah, cross? We, we, yeah, we, we hit the, the river across. and that is it. Okay, so so yeah, R- Muriel sees the, the three of you flop onto land. <clears throat> uh, last thing I did was uh, look around to see if Irwin, Irvine was there. Or Irwin, something. Yes, or um, Elvier. Yeah, Erwin is Elvir's uncle, I believe, um, or brother. Actually, it's Erwin El- is Elvir's brother. Uh, but you guys flop onto land. 
Muriel uh, stays within the circle of the big stones that she was standing in with her, her lantern lit as she awaits for you to approach. Uh, so you guys approach her as you flop onto land, and she says, Where, where is Elvir? He, he, should, he should have flown past here. I thought he would have come back to you before he went on. He must be headed back to the Wizards of Wine. Why? Why would he be headed back to the to the winery? He's, I didn't. Uh, he's got the gym. We we kind of need to hurry. We'll tell you on the way back. Uh-oh. We need to get out of here. I think we lost Jerry. Uh, no, I hear it, Bryce. What? Okay, he's back. I can hear him again. Say words. Hello. <gasps> there he is. Okay. What I said was we should probably get moving. Because there's a creepy lady on a flying skull after us, but we got the gym and we need to get out of here. There should be plenty of okay. people still on the road. I, I, I'll, uh, I'll join you. Uh, and she turns and goes to keep, try to keep up with you as best she can. Uh, what do you think, fellas? Head back for the cart and then make our way back to the vineyard? Yes, that seems like a good idea. Yeah, but I think I just lost Keith. Um, I can't hear anything. I can hear you two, fellas. Out of character. I would like. Yeah, to right, we're having some audio issues. Oh, wait, there like. you go. What's going on? Okay, I can hear you now. Keith just wasn't talking while we were going. No, like it actually cut out. Like he disappeared completely and went gray, and then he was gone from my screen. Oh. I heard I, I, and then it's gone. Guys, so. None of you guys have done that for me, so. <clears throat> I don't know. I'm sure audio is good. <clears throat> Let's keep trying, I suppose. Yeah. Y'all give it the old world ski and I'll just jump in. I've I've said my piece, so we are. Yeah, Muriel definitely joins you and heads back to the river. You guys are pr- go up the side of the river. Uh and once you get up a ways, uh I'm, honestly you could probably still hear the faint shouting and shrieking of Babala Saga, who you made very angry uh back in Berez. Uh, you can probably still hear that faintly over the over the the buzzing and the the whirring of flies in this swampy forest. Uh, as your feet go in and out of the soft soil, you get back to the edge of the river, and Muriel says, uh, "We'll have to cross the river again to get back to the cart." No, cross oh, I believe so. I suppose so. Yes, it was very foggy when we were going this way before, and we decided to cross where it was less so. Well, let's get on with it. If we're running from Babala Saga, I don't want to be destroyed here. And she, as she she uh, instantly turns into a raven and flies across to wait for you guys to cross. I am already flopping into the water like a seal. You know, Babala oh, yeah. Saga is really overreacting. All we did was kill Burn all of her guards, house. steal everything she's ever owned, we killed and her burned house. down her house. Oh, no, we yeah, killed crap. her house and then burned it down. Yeah, you killed her house... Um, Yep, you definitely burned or were burning up her house, and inside of the house was a, a programmed illusion spell of an infant child. Uh, so you guys pretty much jacked her up pretty good emotionally. I mean, we left so her for thing, and her goats are fine. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, yeah, I mean, the, the goats true. are good. There's one scarecrow out there somewhere, right? Or did we destroy all, all the right, scarecrows? Uh, no, the scarecrows are all dead. So everybody, roll an athletics uh, check because I'd like to see if anything happens in this river. Athletics. 
Right, guys? Uh, it's a 15 on that one. That's a mighty <laughs> 8. I got an 11. Okay, for a brief moment, Dermon, your feet do sink into the mud as you go into the water, but you're able to pull them out uh, deftly, and yeah. you just make it You make it across the river about a second behind the other two boys who uh, swim across just fast boy style. Uh, so you all flop out on the other side of the river with your horse and cart in sight. Do I, do I start to, like, you said I start to sink into the mud, but, like, do I also kind of get stuck, like, in the water, like I start to go down a little bit? No, I was just um, just throw, trying to throw a little flare in there. For a brief second, you thought, oh, no, this is it. The mud's going to take me down. But then you just pull yourself out of it and continue to swim. You leave your Crocs behind in the mud, though. Oh, <laughs> no. Always tragic. Guys, we got to go back. <laughs> we got to go back, Nate. We got to go back. Hey, boys, you, uh... down the river. <laughs> hey, boys, do you, uh... Hey, boys, do you say Muriel, where'd she get to? Uh, the raven that's right on the ground beside you turns back into Muriel. Oh, she's on the ground. All right, call her for the moment. Don't even see her there. I jump on the cart and say, "All right, hop on. Let's go. Let's go." Uh, she hops on with you. Dive into the cart much more uh, vigorously than everybody else. Like I really, really want to get out of there. I'm okay. jumping up in the front of the buggy wagon. As all right, all your there. I give the reins the old slap and get us moving. Nice. You hear the creak of your wooden cart get started and a little neigh of a horse as it pulls uh, the the heavy weight of your whole party. Uh, I don't know. Maybe there were two horses attached. Maybe it's a two-horse carriage. Uh, but you guys go clippity-cloppy and right out of there um, and away from the desk. Clippity-cloppity ain't no stoppity. <laughs> <laughs> Away from the dastardly village of Berez. All right. So, uh, is there any any chaseage happening? We we got to worry about uh, Baba La Saga on the way. Like, what's happening here? No, it does not seem that Baba La Saga is on the way to you currently. Real, real I don't know quick. if this is one of those Jurassic Josh, Park must go faster moments. In that moment, Josh, you you became in my mind the student who asked the teacher. 30 seconds before the bell rings. What? No homework? <laughs> I'm just kidding, Josh. Not that guy. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm being aren't that guy. Aren't you going to check our homework? <laughs> All right. So this is the part where we do our recap. Right. So Muriel, of course, says... What what happened in there? Did you hear all the screeching and, and scrolling from this side of the river? Uh, I heard it. Stuff. Some of it. I'm sorry, please go ahead. Whichever <laughs> one of you was speaking. I, no, Dermot was speaking. You go ahead, Dermot. Tell, tell it as you sing it. No. No, Dermot was just being annoying on purpose. As soon as you say that, he just kind of like, like shrugs it off and is like, no, go ahead. Well, you to tell it as I recall, and it now I was caught up in the moment here, so do take it with a grain of caution, but I remember the lady got into a skull and was flying round, going looking after her goats, and then we went looking for a baby child, 
but that was secretly invisible. But we found a bunch of loot, and then this big old rock down up underneath your floor, and we yanked that out of there and killed the house. And now we got some mad, crazy flying lady in a skull floating around after us. Is that about right? As you're saying all that, as you're saying all that, Reginald Muriel is slowly turning uh, her old uh, wear raveny face, which of course she doesn't look like a raven. She just looks like an old lady with sharp features, uh, wearing a leather cowl and cape. Uh, she slowly turns to Jericho uh, with a hopeful glance that maybe he can make some sense of the gibberish that she just heard. But Reginald is trying, <laughs> like, he's making so many hand gestures through this entire thing. And she she appreciates your effort, but she can she's silently looking to Jericho to try to at least put some seams on this story. You will be quite surprised to find out how accurate his description of what went on was. <laughs> Once we crossed the river, we discovered all the sentries that were about, and we had to take them out one by one. We were as quiet as we could be, but some of, some of them caught on to us before we were able to take them out. But we eventually got all of them, and once they were all down, we progressed towards the house. And Reginald, I believe it was you, threw a rock about the size of my head at her front door, and we all hid and waited on her to come out. She went after what she thought was us, and she headed towards the goat pen, I'm sure you know is on the other side of the village. And while she was away, we snuck into the house and took what we were looking for, the gemstone you wanted. And while we were in there, there was a hologram. Nope, the holograms don't exist. There was uh, an, <laughs> an illusory child in a, in a crib. Uh, our hands passed straight through it. It almost looked like that the city that's in the mists off to the west of the west of Barovia it was quite disturbing but underneath the crib there was a sort of hole that held the crystal and we re when we reached in it was like the maw of some giant beast it tried to clamp our hands right off but we were able to break its teeth out and remove the stone we handed it to Elvia and let him get out of here and then Bobby Lasaga finally found us but we were able to avoid her by sneaking out into the forest, and here we are. Do, I have many questions, but do you have any idea who the child was that she had? As it, we left, it was illusory. We, it wasn't a real child. Yeah. As we, yes, the illusion. Who, who, who do you think this? A, a random child, or did she? Who, who do you think it was? As we were running back to the river, she was yelling Strahd as she ran into the burning house. Hmm. So it is true, then. She believes herself to be somehow the mother of the devil Strahd. That is bonkers. This is, of course, not true. This is, of course, uh, uh, false and a delusion of hers. It is. She is certainly not... Uh, the mother of Strahd. Strahd had a mother. Uh, but I'm not sure of Babelisaga's history with the devil. Uh, and I fear to find out how it may come to bear on all of our situations. Do you know anything of Babelisaga's history? Do you know where she came from? It is said. I do not know if the stories are true. I was not around back then. Praise the gods. But... It is said that whenever Strahd was born, 
that she was his wet nurse. And I believe when uh, whatever historical malfeasance occurred uh, to destroy their family, uh, she gained an attachment to Strahd that she believed to herself to be his true mother, or at least these are the, the legends, what the stories say of people who whisper and speak around Barovia. And Just when I thought the lady al- couldn't get any creepier. Has she always been completely insane? Is <clears throat> I think it is rare for anyone to always be completely insane. I imagine, like many of us in this dark land, I imagine she was once a woman, normal, who sought to do good and take care of those she cared about. Maybe I should be more specific. Do you think she was insane while she was caring for a young Strahd? Mm. This I do not know. I have have told you the extent of the legends that I know. Uh, Of course, I wish I could tell you more, but I do not know uh, much else. Oh, and let uh, me think and see if I can offer you any more information. <laughs> While you search the archives of your mind, I would like to add in a piece of the story I may have left out. Please do. We encountered the ghost of Laszlo Uric, the burgomaster of Berez, and he said he's in search of his daughter, and we found the statue that commemorates her death. But she looks an awful lot like somebody we know with a very similar name whom I will remember in a moment after you hear some page flipping sounds. You know, I'd forgot all about that. It wasn't anything to oh, go yeah. smashing I, I, into herself. So. Oh, yeah. She looked just like Arena. Hmm. Startling, dazzling resemblance, in other words, that give Keith time to think. Yes. This is <laughs> this is also interesting. Um, further, you asked if she was insane uh, all the time, Babali Saga. Insane may be the wrong word. She has always, from what I know of the legends of her, been a devout follower of the Mother Night. Um, the goddess who no doubt gives her the dark powers that she possesses. Uh, but it was, I believe, the marriage of her devoutness to Mother Night and her s- sense of uh, mother motherness to Strahd as a child uh, that led her to believe that he, she was his true mother. Uh, and it is said that she cast spells upon Strahd and that possibly it is through her influence that he became the, the devil that he is now. So, Strode wasn't always so quite so Strode, right? That's what you as say. The legend, as the legends say, he was once a handsome uh, prince of the realm without evil within him. Well, maybe there's a way we could uh, unevil him somehow. Seems like an adventure. I fear there may be no way to turn back the evil that 
that that lives within the Devil's Rod now, a Lord Vampire, one who who controls this this realm with the flick of his finger and gains sustenance and life from the torture of innocent people. I fear there is no turning back for, from Strahd now. It's hard to argue for with finger-flicking control, but, um, you know, I, I, I suppose, you know, anybody could just, you know, ram a pole through somebody or chop a head off or whatnot, or cross him flat as a bug, but uh, if there's a chance, I think we should look into it, boys, we think. I mean, he seemed like a decent enough fella. You, you have to remember, he he stole most of your mind and made you think he was your friend. Are you sure? D- Dermot, back me up here. Yes. <clears throat> but unfortunately, he... Well, he tricked you. What? And very nearly had to kill you to save you from it. Now, it may be possible that he can be saved or changed or turned back, but honestly, what we've seen of him is insanity and chaos. I think it best if we kill him. Back back up a second. You you surely he done tricked me when when, when we had that meeting some time ago. Are Are you sure? Yes. Oh, yeah. Well, it just flattened him like a bug then. I'm all on board for that. Excellent. That's good. You mentioned the ghost of Laszlo Ulrich you met in the village as well? Yes. He was a very strange ghost. Demon had more dealings with him than any of us. He could probably tell you the most about it. He seemed rather upset about his daughter. He wanted to make sure that her soul was safe. Her soul. Tell me, you have been in Barovia for how long now? I'm not really sure. The days begin to blend together once. It always looks like what are we talking? early morning or almost we... night time here. You haven't been here for a long time, though. We're talking days, weeks, not months or years. Uh, yeah, a week or two. Sounds about right. How much do you know or have you heard of souls and what becomes of them here in Barovia? Outside of Barovia, much. I'm a cleric. But here, sadly, nothing. Well, since I'm telling you legends and we have a bit of a ride back to the get to the winery, and of course it could be any moment uh, between now and, or any number of moments between now and when Babili Saga hurls a fireball at our cart and sends us screaming down to the depths of hell, I will tell you another theory of what goes on here in uh when you say that, I'm like I'm instantly on the lookout for anything coming in from the sky. <laughs> okay. I'm just like yeah, I'm uh, like, you know, hand to the brow. I'm like scanning the sky everywhere. Oh yeah. I'm ready. Listening out for the the jets and spaceship sound of Babalasago <laughs> flying in on our right. skulls. Which really gives me the giggles anytime I think about this big scary lady in a skull. <laughs> Um, anyway, she says to you... It's even funnier to think dirt bike noises, though. (laughs) (laughs) She just comes, like, bounding over the trees. In the distance, you hear... (laughs) A rooster tail of mud flying up. (laughs) 
She's got on some goggles. <laughs> like Yzma from Emperor's New Groove. Oh, God. Yeah, we need to incorporate that into something. Oh, God. <laughs> Where's Kronk at? All right, anyway, Muriel has something to tell you. She says, so, here in Barovia, and I believe that it is some... They say, of course, uh, who knows if it is true, uh, that a product of whatever dark magic has fallen over our land is that uh, there are beings here who do not have souls. There are soulless husks of humans here uh, who have no spiritual value. They're just puppets. They are greased for Strahd's mill, they they mean nothing to this world. But there are some of us uh, who seem to possess souls. You can tell almost by looking into the eyes of someone here in Barovia if there's anything behind them or if they're just another another bag of meat walking around. Oh, do you those, mean those, this is like the, um, like the scarecrows we fought? Uh... No, 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 no. Um, here, let me. Maybe you'll understand when I finish. But it is said that there are some of us who possess an eternal soul. But the dark magic of this world, whenever our soul is released from our body, and we are killed or we die, uh, the soul has nowhere to go. The soul even is powerless to go through the mist, to exit, to find safety and passage to whatever lies beyond or below. And when this happens, it's as if the soul returns to the world and populates a new child. And it could be, maybe, that there's something like this going on with this Marina, with this, with this Irina, with these women, with these people who look the same, but of course are not the same. Could it really be that Somehow these people share a soul? That sounds entirely possible for a place like this. It is truly messed up, and I believe it, because even in death, you cannot escape this place, it would seem. Yeah, one hell of a recycling program right there. But, uh, it, fellas, it all occurs to me, if we kill this, this drug fella, is he, uh, they just going to pop right back up a couple of days later. Oh, I plan to hightail it out of here within that couple of days, so I don't really care. Yes. Hmm. I think it best if we finish our business and be gone quickly. It just gets worse by the moment. Well, <clears throat> maybe if it was, even if it was just a reset, maybe, maybe some good would come from me. Who knows? If he's going to inhabit a new body when he comes back, though, maybe he could have a proper upbringing, not under the tutelage of some hag. Hmm. There's something he's to could change. About. We have to see if Irina knows anything about this next time we see her. Maybe yeah. she can shed shit the situation. Yeah, we need to find out whatever happened to her. That stroke fella said he was uh, he was headed that way. I don't hopefully think. If she... Go ahead. Uh, hopefully, if she, if she is in Valaki, where I believe it was said that you left her, uh, hopefully 
she is a little bit safer from the reaches of Strahd. No one, of course, is safe completely, but hopefully the walls of Alaki have provided her with some sort of safety over the past few days while you have gone. And and I finally, it, it, has, it has dawned on me that I have not thanked you uh, for gathering the stone. I've been here spying, uh, doing my best to try to help with uh, the problems Babila Saga has been happening, and uh, you come in here and fix the problem in a single day and get me out of this godforsaken swamp. So I thank you. It's sort of what we do. Oh, it is my pleasure. All right. All right. If you guys don't have any other conversations you'd like to have, we can even say canonically, huh? I have a little bit more. I have a okay, question as well. Um, well, first, Meta. Would she be the person to ask about what I mentioned earlier, or should I just wait till we get back to the whole group? You can't. I mean, you can ask whoever you want. I mean, that that, that might be a what Jericho thinks section or question. Fair enough, Derman. You go first. Would you say that you are a magical woman, Muriel? You know things of arcane nature. Uh, the most arcane things I know about are this curse that uh. That we orders of the feather are cursed with. Um, I know a bit about the lycanthropy that plagues us, uh, and that we have decided to try to use as a weapon against Strahd. Uh, but other than that, I am not much of a spellcaster. Oh well, that is fine, I suppose. I simply found some magical pipes that I, well, I assume they're magical anyway. And I was hoping to have you look at them. But if you don't know them, that is no trouble. Uh, they they look like pipes to me, a musical instrument, of course. Um, if you believe them to be magical, I suppose you could always give them a blow. But beyond that, I, I cannot tell you anything more. Well, that was worth a shot. Thank you. You are welcome. And Muriel, uh, you seem pretty knowledgeable about the things that go around in Barovia. Uh I have a few questions of some strange things we've encountered along our way here. Uh, Number one that stands out in my mind is a strange dilapidated set of gallows on the path leading from the town of Barovia westward. It was very odd. We all saw something different when we looked at it. I believe, Reginald, you, you saw yourself hanging from the gallows, did you not? Well, yeah, I mean, I, that's what I saw. What you didn't, you didn't see me up there, neither. No, also I saw. No, I didn't see anything. I didn't even turn back. <laughs> I just saw. Uh, yeah, I I didn't see anything. I refused to look at that monstrosity once we passed it. Uh, when I walked by, it just looked like it was burnt out, and there was nothing left of it, hardly. Even the rope didn't have a noose on the end of it. You're speaking of the crossroads uh, near Barovia in the east? Yes. I've traveled most of this land, whether on foot or by raven, or by my raven's wings. Uh, Anything special of that graveyard and gallows, I do not know. Uh, My best guess would be, when, when did this occur? When you first arrived here in Barovia, or after a few days? It was as we were, yeah, as we were headed this direction. 
It was the I only thought following morning after we got here. Right. My only thought could be that uh, I fear it is no. It is obvious to me that you are not from Barovia. You are not Barovians. Each of you is even a race of humanoid creature that does not typically live here. It's easy to pick you out. You stick out like sore thr- sore thumbs. So knowing you are outsiders, I fear that you have been drawn here to be quarry for Strahd. And knowing that you had arrived as his new playthings, he just uh, indulges himself in trying to scare you with a few things. I don't know anything special about those crossroads, uh, but I do know that this this this, this Strahd is he uh, is an indulgent one, and he likes to play with his food. I see. Wait, now did you just call us food? It's not what I believe of you, but I can assure you. The devil Srod believes that he is only playing with his food the longer you are alive. Right, like, same tribe. We could take him, right, fellas? I don't believe so. Uh, it's debatable. Ah. I can assure you, I know I know little of the arcane, as German asked me earlier, but I can assure you that you will need some help from somewhere to defeat the devil Strahd. I've... I'm looking at you now, and I can tell you now that the three of you alone, you may try, but if you seek to destroy Strahd, you will need help beyond yourselves. So Reginald kind of goes back to to sitting. He's just kind of moping. He's kind of checking over his weapons and his his armor and everything. Just kind of, we we should take him. We could take him. We have. She she follows that that up with just another one more sentence that says, "But that is just the word of an old woman." In an echo of my own thoughts, but I have uh, one more thing to ask you, if you don't mind. I was. Uh, we have a long way to go. Yes, we do. I was given. Uh, now take this with a grain of salt, of course. I I've was, taken a lot of grain of salts today. I, I have plenty of room, I guess. I was given several fortune tellings by an older oh, Vistani woman. And uh, Vistani? Yes. Do you know who I'm talking about? Madam Eva? Yes, that's her. She is the matriarch of the Vistani that roam these lands. Yeah, she gave me several five uh, fortune cards and she told me each of them would be important and I wouldn't put any stock in it of course but one of them has already come true to some extent and that was that uh, Davian was foretold in these fortunes and it was said that he would join us and he is already offered to join us if we need him. Yes. Though the Vistani, I, I am suspicious, are merely spies of, of the devil Strahd, uh, I do not deny the power of Madame Eva and her ability to divine the future. Uh, so yes, I, I, 
I believe that she told you your fortune, and it's possible that these things will come to pass, or they could be a help to you in in the fight against the devil. Can you can you help us find these things? I you might be able to give you an idea. Look here, the second one she gave us. Find the mad dog's crypt. Do you know anything that sounds like that? The mad dog's crypt, I believe, sadly, is a crypt within uh, Castle Ravenloft. If you were to find the mad dog's crypt, I fear you may have to go within the castle. Fantastic. All right. Uh, let me write that down. Well, now, to be fair, don't we have to get into that castle somehow anyway? <clears throat> Yeah, if you wish to defeat Rod, it is more than likely. Hmm. All right. Uh, hmm. The other one says you will find what you seek in the castle. Uh, you don't happen to know of any other castles that don't have, you know, a devil living within them? It pains me to reveal and uh, remind you that there is but the one castle it could be speaking of. Perfect. Exactly what I was hoping for. Uh, the third one she gave. A woman hangs above a roaring fire. Find her and you will find the treasure. It's the this Necromancer I, card. This I do not know of. Something about... What did she say the card would reveal to you? What did she say uh, what are you looking for? Something uh, about what, what does this have? A weapon of sunlight. Uh, yeah. So whenever she told you this meta to go back to remind you what you would have wrote, written down, uh, what she said to you for this card is: this is a card of power and strength. It tells oh, of a weapon of vengeance. I didn't know if you wanted me to read it. No, yeah, that's fine. I just, um, I just, I guess I wanted to remind you, and maybe the other guys didn't remember, or listeners may not remember what this fortune said either. I definitely didn't um, remember. But this, the card said, this is a card of power and strength that tells of a weapon of vengeance, a sword of sunlight. Um, and she responds with, as I've told you before, uh, I have been around this world for a while and I've traveled the great ways and I've had heard many legends, one of which is of the sun sword. Uh, it is a sword that is uh, foretold that it would be able to harm the devil strong, that it would be able to uh, aid if anyone were to uh, go against him in battle. Now, where you may find a woman hanging above a roaring fire, uh, I do not know. Uh, it would be hard to find a woman hanging above a roaring fire. This is just my thoughts. But if you think about it, there's a doubtful. I don't know of any place in the world where there is a woman perpetually over a roaring fire. You understand it? It, it seems to me that this could be an abstraction of some sort. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because, too. But of exactly what? I do not know. Maybe some historical event where someone was burned at the stake. Maybe it was. Maybe it's a statue with a fire at the bottom of it. A statue. 
No, we've had too many burnings at the stake for that this to be a particular one. Well, y'all are going back and forth. I'm Reginald is going through like a severe head scratching episode. He's leaning over to Dormit. Do you follow any of this? I'm trying to focus on the road and my treasure. <laughs> Durman's just got like holding like a like a baby a kitten with all the gold that he has. <laughs> I'll be seeing you later tonight. <laughs> we spend quite a lot of time getting familiar with each other. <laughs> oh, I'm like indicating. Okay. I'm like nudging him. Hand hey, me the parts. Let me see what's, what. The, let me let me look at them. If you want to give the pipes a blow, be my guest. Just don't magic me away. I make no promises. I want to very gently take the pipes and give them okay. a very loud toot. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Have you seen, I've, I always get drawn back to that Skeletor meme. It's like a comic where maybe He-Man is telling Skeletor, there's the picture of Skeletor holding a trumpet <laughs> and the first panel is Skeletor or He-Man shouting at Skeletor and it says, do not toot it. <laughs> and then the next panel is, Skeletor, just big toot coming out of the horn. <laughs> Very funny. Uh, this is the big see. toot moment. All right. So these are pipes. You blow on them. Uh, you're expending one charge of this magical item, of which it has three. What you hear is an eerie spell-binding tune. Each creature within 30 feet of you that hears you play must succeed on a DC 15. Oops. Oh, God. (laughs) So everybody roll a quick wisdom saving throw if you don't mind. Does that include the tutor? No, the tutor does not roll. Mm. This ain't looking too good. Oh, baby, I got a 15. I got a 9. Uh-oh. Uh, oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Wait, what do these pipes do? What What did you say again, Keith? I was looking for that meme. I, have, I haven't told you yet. Okay. So, really, actually, I'll just go ahead and tell you. When you press your lips to it, Reginald, you realize this is these are magical pipes of haunting. Oh, gosh. Uh, and as you toot, you are, you are overcome with the feeling that you could either allow this these pipes to instill fear in your companions or you can have the creatures anything that's not hostile towards you can automatically see succeed on the saving throw okay so yeah then automatically succeed then right so everybody succeeds but you can tell that if it wasn't your friend blowing that horn you would be very afraid right now jericho excellent so I guess Muriel and Durbin, they just sound like creepy pipes to you, but Jericho, you feel as if you could have been j- really emotionally scarred by that. Appropriately spooky, I would say, given the circumstances. Yeah. If I didn't know any better, I would be greatly terrified by what you just did. But since I'm so well acquainted with you, I feel fine. <laughs> I I turn to Jericho and I just give him like this confused look of disappointment just like you would be afraid of bagpipes jerry that was a startlingly disruptive toot oh yes say what you will 
He was still afraid of bagpipes. No, he is, he is right. I believe these are pipes of haunting. Uh, I believe there is a fear spell attached to these pipes. And Be careful with you. You knew nothing of the arcane. Well, experiencing a spell and knowing how to do one are very different things. I know when I've been magic and when I have not been. I, uh, Damon, you want to hold on to the haunting toots? Yes, I would love to hold on to my bagpipes. Thank you. Ah, uh, you, you, you take that. I very, very gently hand it back to him, <laughs> Try, trying, trying very, very hard not to make it make any more noise. <laughs> hey guys, real quick, I need to go to do a little pee pee. If you guys want to chat amongst yourselves for a second, I'll be right do back. Do it. Yes, hey guys, you need to get caught up on. The uh, Expeditionary Force, right? Yeah, it's getting real. Because I think, I think you left off on book five or six. I left off on the book right before the split, like whenever they would go back and forth between the two different groups. Oh God, that was Mavericks. You, you back there at ways, man. Yeah. yeah, it was way back there. I just I don't have time to listen to these things anymore. That is that's the truth. That's. Unless I just listen to it while I'm sleeping. Just absorb the knowledge in my brain. Soak it up. I've got an hour to work and an hour drive home and an eight-hour shift where I wear a hat so nobody sees that I got my wireless earbuds in. Oh, yeah. If if you guys uh, want to do... Which, I mean, I'm hesitant to ask you guys because we've already got this Monday night thing going, but... Um, I know Rachel's wanting to do a campaign, so I was thinking of just restarting the campaign that we started a couple of weeks ago, the one where I was DM, and I would just let... Huh? The one with Josh's character, Mulder? Mulder. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so it wouldn't be anything recorded, um, but it would just... Sorry, folks. Sure, whatever. I'm game. I'm All right, everybody. Maybe uh, doing the one evening a week is. Uh, I mean, I don't get a lot of time otherwise. Yeah, same. It'd be. It's one of those things. Like I've only thought about it for a grand total of like twelve minutes. That's yeah, over the past couple of days, but it's definitely something I want to keep in mind. Do it. I like that character. <laughs> Older. It was a good time for certain. And All right, I'm back. As well, obviously. Welcome I do back, appreciate Tim. the offer. I'd be in. Uh, I'd be in Bryce's camp or Josh's camp or mine. Bryce's camp. Yeah, Bryce's camp at this current moment. Uh, but of course, we can discuss later on. You guys are still in the cart. Is there any more cards you want to discuss with Muriel? No, um, Jericho. Might as well hit the last one. It is the most obscure card. Yeah. Uh, Muriel, I'm just going to read this one out to you as I wrote it down. It, It doesn't make much sense to me at all. Your enemy is a creature of darkness whose powers are beyond, does that say morality? Yeah, mortality, mortality, sorry. Sorry. Whose powers are beyond mortality. This card will lead you to him, the artifact. He lurks in the darkness where the, mit- where the morning light once shone, a sacred place. Well, 
surely your enemy is the devil Strahd, for he is a creature of darkness. His powers are absolutely and unequivocally beyond mortality. Uh, this place, the place in the darkness where the morning light once shone, uh, my fear and my assumption would be is if you are to face Strahd in a final confrontation of sorts, it would be in the castle. Now, where in the castle, a place where the morning light once shone, I am not a scholar, nor a historian, nor a nor a priest, but morning light, this reminds me of the morning lord. Uh, it is possible that maybe there is a cathedral or a, a chapel or some place within the castle where the morning lord was once worshipped, but of course now that Strahd is in command, is no longer. I see. We'll be on the lookout for these things. Thank you for going through this with us. I apologize I could not tell you anything more, but uh, hopefully anything I can give you is helpful in your journey. From in the, you have been helpful to us. From in the front of the card, I want to turn around, like actually turn around. Did that card say it would it would lead us the way or, or take, take us to it? It says this card I, will lead you to him. That's what I wrote down. My guess, like I say, my guess is that this card somehow refers to when and where you may confront Strahd, if you do. I understand, Reginald, I don't have the actual card. She just told me what she saw in it. Huh. Okay. I think it's less literal, I believe it is. Wait, either way, that's um, it's a, bit, a bit disturbing. Um... I mean, I'm, I'm I'm ready to face the strong, but um, uh, should we be on the lookout for for a a card? Like, is it got maybe a map on it or something? Do we need to be looking for one? No, I, I don't think that's quite it. <clears throat> I'm slowly turning back around. Like the the it's like the big wheel of his mind is slowly turning. Nice. Thank you for that. Effectively, <laughs> effectively, Josh, have you had any inspiration recently? You, have, you effectively play your low intelligence orc well, but not annoyingly. I do try. And you're to be commended for that. Oh, kind of broke out there for a second. I heard to be. You just wanted me to say it again. You are to be commended for that. Oh, yeah. Uh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. I do. I do try to play a. An orc of low intelligence, but um, good character. Sometimes the the easy thing to do with low intelligence characters is like, I do the thing that would make everybody mad because whoopsie doodle, I'm dumb. No, you know. he's not trying to make anybody mad. It's just he's kind of slow on the uptake. Okay, so do you have anybody? Does anybody have anything else for old Muriel, or do we want to kind of fast travel back to the winery at this point? Did you give Josh a point of inspiration just now? Yeah, that's what I said. I don't know if he caught it. Nope. I didn't know if he heard. Yeah, I didn't. Okay. Unless you have a point. Unless you already have a point. I do not. Then you may have. All right. May it save your life. Grazie. So remind me how inspiration works, because I've only got an, a point of inspiration once. Reroll. Oh, okay. Yep. It allows you 
once you roll and see what you rolled, it allow, it allows you to re-roll. It does not allow you to re-roll after I've told you whether you pass or fail, right? So it's like it's just advantage, straight up. Okay. Yeah, it's just advantage. You can you, you can re-roll if so you I like. I can re-roll something and be like, "Dang, that's a five. Let me try to rep that point of inspiration for a better roll." Yes. Nice. Okay. Indeed. I can work with that. Hello, Hale. Welcome to the stream. We are D&Ding. Also, uh, thanks for being here. Something that we have never done. Actually, I don't I don't know. Bryce, you may have done it. You can players can give their point of inspiration to another player. Really? Ah, oh, yeah, that's true. If somebody else fails, you could give them give it to someone else. Well, no, right. it's not It's not like that. I mean, you I guess you could technically, but it's more along the lines of like it's just an award that you have that has anybody's name on it. So, like, if oh. I had a point of inspiration and Josh did something really cool, I could just be like, hey, Josh, take this point of inspiration for that. Oh, nice. That's kind of cool. It is. Okay. I can cool. get behind it. I will I, I will add to that, I guess, I don't know if that would make it house rules or not, but if, like, say Derman rolled and he was like, oh, no, I got a two or something, like, instead of helping him, you could use your, if you couldn't help him, you could pass him your point of inspiration do i'll allow that if you'd like to do that as well inspire him well that'd be kind of like yeah. same thing as you know let me lower that rope to you or you know toss that potion to you, you know something like that so yeah inspiration is help you can do from a different room in in my opinion that'll work as well kind words to- all right so you guys are now i guess fast traveling back to the winery sure let's do it Muriel, All I right, have so, nothing else to say to you. I'm totally fine with being quiet the rest of the way there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's say there's, you guys have some small talk. Maybe you learn a few interesting stories about Muriel. You, she's not completely shutting up, but eventually she does say, it has been a long evening and the sun will be up soon. I would like to catch some shut-eye. Uh, so she eventually lays down in that wagon and begins to take a nap as you guys uh, clippity-clop on home. Who? Cool. Um but by probably late to mid morning the next day, you guys have been up a while. It's been pretty, pretty, uh, a pretty taxing day or so far. You guys roll back up on the winery and you find yourself uh, pulling the wagon down the road between the vines back to the winery. Uh, and I will give the reins back over to you to do whatever you want to do. I'm all uh, hop out of that wagon. You successfully do so. You said we are back. Yeah, you're back. You're you're back at the winery. Okay, cool. I'm a I'm a follower him. Nice. So I guess I just want to I want to go back uh, to the the main establishment. I'm looking to see if I see Elvier anywhere. Okay. Like, I'm purposefully not uh, calling out and yelling for him because I I remember there were a bunch of blights here that we recently dealt with. Sure. I'm following um, as well. Okay, you guys arrive. Okay, you guys arrive back at the winery, um, and you hop off the wagon. You do some looking around out front. You don't see anybody, but you do catch some movement out of the corner of your eye. Off to the left side of the winery, you see the figures of several of these were ravens, just buddies now that you guys have been hanging around with for a while. 
you see the figures of several of them, almost all the ones that you know, uh, the the family, Davian and El. You, you do spot Elvir uh, from across the field as well, um, and the rest of the children and Davian's grandchildren, uh, and you can see them all faintly lit in their faces by a, a faint green glow from across the field. Um, they're kind of a ways off from you. You'd have to walk through the winery a bit to get to them, but you can tell that they are fiddling with that stone you guys procured. I am heading that way, hand raised in greeting. And if I said procured, I apologize. I didn't mean to say procured. It's all I good, did not hear but you do Everybody headed over there, I assume? Yep. As you approach back, uh, Davian turns around. Uh, Elvir waves to you. He says, I made it! I returned with the stone. And Davian says, Welcome back! We are in your debt! Um, our new favorite friends who have not gotten back not only the, the stone for the Great Marsh, but also the stone for our wine that has a dragon name. <laughs> Thank you so much. These people are obviously deep in the drink at this point. Yeah. Thank you so much for returning uh, the stone that will allow us to continue to, to at least eke out a living in this horrible place. And Muriel, it is good to see you as well. Uh, she says, Wonder, it's wonderful to see you as well, Davian. I haven't seen you in a long time. Velaki is a long way from the winery and uh, these these adventurers were kind enough to let me accompany them on the way back to you. Well, that is wonderful. Uh, I assume uh, Elvir tells me that you were all staying behind to do combat with Babelisaga. I assume if you are all back here, that means the old hag is dead. Well, I mean, well, dead is such a strong word. Speaking of which, you hadn't seen any old hag flying by on a skull head, have you? Making dirt bike noises, if uh, if, you, if you know what I mean. His face drops down. Elvir's face also drops down a bit. Uh, everybody's kind of is. There's some set. They have, there's some sad countenances before you. Uh, and Davian says, "So, Baba Lisaga yet lives." Well, we we didn't see her specifically expire, but um. I believe I heard some loud swearing and some flying round noises, and um, we ran away. But we got out of there, and we got you shiny rock. That you did. We are grateful. And Dermon, you say you you burned down her house and you made her angry, uh, but she remains alive. Yes. <laughs> Very well. I don't want to sound ungrateful by any stretch of the imagination. I am truly indebted to you, and I thank you for all that you have done. Uh, but I fear that if Babali Saga remains alive, uh, we are not out of the proverbial vines yet. Um, he turns to his two grandsons at this point, uh, and he calls them over, and he says to his two grandsons something uh, in a moment. Whenever I finally uh Reginald is like scanning the skies again. Yeah, looking for the dirt bike. <laughs> um 
That'd be hilarious if she's got to kickstart the skull to go anywhere. <laughs> Blue smoke pouring out the back of that thing. Now, you, you um, he turns to- we did we did the best that we could given the circumstances. I mean, we took out several of her guards. We took down her monstrous house we thing. We did kill a house. It, it, it was a lot going on. And yes, no, I understand it, completely, and I appreciate it. If she comes back and bothers you, I mean, we'll be in the neighborhood until the Devil Strider's is dead. So just look us up, and we'll take care of whatever's left. Right. Uh, yes, I. Yes, that that. Yeah, yes, I. We may have to take you up on that. Um, and he turns back down to his three grandsons. He actually has three: he has teenage grandson, two younger boys, and um. This other guy, uh, his his daughter and son-in-law also have a baby girl. Um, but he turns to his three grandsons and he whispers something to them, and the three of them immediately transform into ravens and fly out, headed for the horizon, um, in a you know back towards Velaki and the other places that you guys have come from so far. Um, and then he uh, stands back up and he says, "Well." Uh, it is my hope then that if Baba Lisaga does come back for the stones, that uh, what you have done so far will have allowed us to be able to fight back against her. I suppose that it would not be fair in this hellish world that we would be able to get out without having to do battle against her ourselves. And it would be a lot easier for us to come back and help you out if we could, you know fly that is true oh yes <clears throat> you you expressed interest in becoming were ravens yourself then you did yeah I was, did. I was still on the fence about it when we left there wouldn't happen to be any serious drawbacks that weren't mentioned like allergy to rain or anything of the sort how will it like affect it? me hmm how will it affect me? It will affect you both quite the same, I imagine. It affects most of us the same. Lycanthropy like, is not generally considered just a, a way to gain extra power in this world. Uh, lycanthropy is a curse, uh, first and foremost. Uh, it is irreversible. If you ever decide that you do not wish to be this way, it will be impossible, at least to my knowledge, to return uh, back the way you came, at least. Uh, It is something, a gift that we do not bestow lightly, but also a curse we do not bestow lightly. Chief of all is that coming with the the curse of the were-raven is that you will be bound and unable to fight against the urge to dispense justice, even if it is uncomfortable, even if it doesn't feel right at the time. You will not be able, uh, after becoming aware even, to grant mercy to a foe that you have bested in combat, uh, but has still done something wrong. You will be unable to decide for yourself what is the lawful good thing to do and what is just the good thing to do. You will be beholden to these natural laws 
and at times it will not feel good uh, what the curse will push you to do. But of course there are the benefits, uh, the ability to become a raven, the ability to fly. Uh, some of us have had our physical attributes blessed and, and bolstered uh, by the curse. But uh, that takes time to learn to control as well. At first it is almost completely out of your control how the curse uh, attaches to you. Damon, what do you think? Well, I see no downsides, really. The right thing is what I strive to do, anyway. And if this forces me to remain on a path of good, then so be it. There's been much in my life that maybe this curse could have been a blessing for. Reginald, are you going to take part? Nope. Arms crossed and everything. I'm just, nope. Nope. I've got, look, I've got, I appreciate the offer, but I've got a hard enough time just being my old Reginald self without being some kind of flappy bird half the time. So, nope, none for me. I can respect that, Reginald, absolutely. And be not, be not confused. I am not, uh, desirous that you should take this curse. I am not pushing it upon any of you. Uh, but you requested it when you left, and I offered it as an exchange for your services, and you have held up your end of the bargain. So if you wish to receive the curse of the Were-Raven, uh, we can hold a ceremony and pass it along to you. All right. Up to Let's you, up to you, fellas. I'm game. I'm ready. So how's this work? Very well. Spit on us. Give us a feather, something, eat it, I don't know. Potion. Uh we will have to wait for dark. Um the the curse can only be passed along at night, and we will arrange for a ceremony uh for the two of you when night falls. Uh I would like the opportunity to finish burying the stone to get the 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 winery uh, at least magically speaking, back in working order. Uh, and by this evening, we can come back out into the vineyard and we can begin the transference of the curse. Would nighttime happen to be about one long rest away? <laughs> uh, it would, yeah, probably close. Cool. Well, in that case, I'm going to go take a nap. If the beds upstairs are still available to us, it is. Yeah, of course, absolutely. All right, I'll see you at nightfall. Okay, um, everybody, everybody around Davian at this point, putting the stone back into the earth, is trying to get their jobs done. Uh, but they also are are granting the appropriate seriousness, the appropriate stoicness to the situation of these two adventurers who are deciding to take on the curse of their order. Uh, as well as they're taking on, it seems to be the same emotional position that Davian has of being quite disappointed that Baba Lasaga is still out there to deal with. Not disappointed in you, just they were hopeful that they could come out of this smelling like roses and, and completely uh, coming out scot-free. But uh, it looks like they still have much to deal with. Yeah, I want to. So uh, I was going to say I wanted to. While they're they're going inside, I kind of want to help them, like you know, bury the stone again and stuff like that. But yeah, I'm trying to be helpful, but at the same time, I keep kind of like 
looking up to the sky like I, I kind of expect the the Baba Lasaga to come shooting in at any moment. Yeah, absolutely. So they they welcome your help. They welcome your help. They allow you to help them out, help them dig and bury the stone and try to make it look as though the stone isn't buried there. Uh, try to make it a little bit harder to find, et cetera, et cetera. Anything else you guys getting up to? Nope. I'm going inside to take a nap as well. Bedtime, boys. Okay. I'll get me a short little rest after I help them plant the stone rock. Okay, so the way we'll deal with that, Reginald, you will receive a short rest after you get to go inside. And the other boys, can sit because they didn't stick around to help, they will gain a long rest before their were-raven transformation. How about that? And wait. That way, as a good boy, you'll have to be just slightly punished for being a good boy, though I don't take, think you've taken any damage since your last I rest. did not take any damage or use any of my abilities. So nothing really to recharge. So, But I just, I like Reginald as a character, he didn't think about the fact that, you know, there's there could be repercussions for just running away. So now he's kind of reflecting on that, so. Nice. Solid. Something to reflect on, for yeah, sure. It's kind of hard to RP that during, like, a cutscene, but there you go. You got it. No. And so when it comes to RP, like, you tell me how your characters are feeling. Tell the audience how your characters are feeling. Gassy. Whatever we can't get out of your voices, let me, let me know what that is. Part of what Dermon did when he went to go to sleep was he spent a little bit of time in prayer. Not, like, any specific lengthy period, but, you know, he was just... Kind of like the whole deal with like justice and whatnot being more prevalent and with a mm-hmm. with, with a were raven like being kind of forced into that sort of he's he's been thinking back on his life and what happened uh, when he was younger what caused him to go down the path of a rogue so he was like praying and trying to come to peace with that as as much as possible nice cool. So one thing that I'm gonna sorry I need to un, go into the meta on this. What I was trying to say with him telling you that is you will be a forced lawful good character following this. Yes. Uh, I get if it. There, yeah, if there comes a situation where I believe the lawful good thing would be for you to do a thing, I will let you know that and I will give you an urge that you cannot resist to do the lawful good thing. You know, of course, that's relatively debatable at times, but, um, you know, just want to let you know that your your characters are now going to become forced lawful good characters. Cool. That'll work. Cursed with virtue. <laughs> Reginald's just Cursed. regular good. Right. Giving you the freedom kind of to make decisions based on how you feel in the moment. These boys are going to become raven robots of goodness. So, All right. Um, okay. So you have a long rest, and actually, what you're awoken by, uh, you're you you guys taking a nap and doing your prayers and stuff, resting. You all you all eventually fall into a, a bit of a sleep because you've been up for probably a good twenty twenty five to thirty hours. Uh, you guys get a get a nice little rest in, and when you wake up, you you awake to the sound of thunder and rain on the roof of the winery. Um, 
and much like it is it still raining for you, Josh? I right am now? providing the sound effects for you. Nice. Um, so uh, you awake to thunder and rain. Uh, fairly frequent loud thunderclaps and flashes off in the distance. It's dark. Uh, night has fallen and the rain is falling in heavy, uh, thick droplets that are very close together. Uh, you walk out into a scene not unlike the rainy scene from Spider-Man 1 where Mary Jane kisses Spider-Man. Uh, the rain, movie rain is always like thick and just torrential. And you, you walk out into a, a rather thick rain um, where in the very front of the winery are all the Davy or all the Mardikov family. Um, the three boys have returned. They're standing next to their grandfather. Um, and the, uh, the daughter, um, Stefania is standing there with her husband. The other, the other uh, adult sons are standing there as well, all kind of semicircled, facing you uh, and the winery as you guys walk out into the rain. Uh, and in front of them, between you walking toward them and between them, you know, towards you, are two circles of ravens' feathers on the ground, um, probably about six or seven feet wide and, you know, very thickly laid out with raven's feathers. Um, and looks like a place where the ground has been cleared out. Uh, and Reginald, I assume you kind of hang back as the two uh, Jericho and Reg- or Jericho and Derman walk forward uh, towards those circles. And Davian uh, speaks to you uh, as the rain falls down in this, in my head, a very cool looking scene. Wait, <laughs> Yeah. I, I imagine, like, if there was a soundtrack for this moment, it would be the music from the new God of War, like as Kratos oh, is yeah. going back to get the the blades. Oh, yeah. And it's so that, it's just that slow, like, rhythmic chanting and stuff as we just walk forward. And, and the yes, that's exactly back. what I'm picturing. It is like that. An amazing video game. If you've not played PS4 God of War, uh, wait till I stream because I'm sure I'll stream it again. Did you watch the <laughs> about the voice actor doing the dad jokes? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm dead. <laughs> All right. Anyway, let's not, I don't want to ruin the scene. So you guys are coming out there. The rain is falling down. Water is dripping off the leather cowls of all the ravens. All their hoods are up. Um, even the three young boys uh, and the little girl that's being held by her mother and father, their hoods are up and their their faces are are, are without emotion as they watch you come forward and, and the rain just, just pooling and running off of their heads. Uh, and Davian stands there uh, out in front a little bit and he says, uh, Jericho and Durban. Yes? Have you changed your mind? No. I'm ready. Very well. If you consent to the curse, please, each of you, kneel in the circle of raven's feathers that my family has provided for you. I'll do it. And as you kneel down, as he said, as he says, my family provided for you, um, the the three grandsons, like, scratch at their arms a little bit, uh, as if that reminds them of a feeling. And so he says, before you kneel, I ask that you would remove uh, any clothing or weapons that may adorn your torsos i also do that okay so you guys two swords my two crossbows my jacket my shirt (laughs) my leather armor big ones (laughs) 
<laughs> nice. Okay, so you guys both kneel down in the circle shirtless. Um, and Davian says, all right, we will allow the ceremony to begin. Uh, so he, as lightning flashes and the rain continues to pour down, he reaches out his hand into the night blackness towards you. Uh, and he pulls a, a, what looks to be almost a ceremonial dagger from his uh, cloak. And as the rain pools in his hand and it drips out from either side of it, he takes the knife and slides it across his hand to where the rain that's dripping off of it is now intermingled with the blood that is coming out of a deep wound he's created uh, in his hand. And as that blood drips off, he grabs the knife with the hand that he's just wounded, and he does the same thing to his left hand. Uh, and he utters a few chants that you don't recognize, that you don't understand what he's saying as he does that. And now his hands, each each one, have two rather deep wounds cut across them. Um, and if you were to examine those hands, you would see several scars where he's done this many times before. Uh, and as the blood begins to run down his hands, he reaches them up, at he bends them 90 degrees at the elbows, uh, and he allows the blood to run from the middle of his hands down towards his elbows to where his hands are almost covered in his own blood, um, made to flow a little bit faster from the rain that's pouring down on them. Uh, you know, his old face is wet, his gray hair is hanging to the side, his beard is dripping water, his his, his silver mustache uh, is, is, is wet and, and water is flowing down his face. And he walks over to you, uh, to the... the um, to the front of you and he reaches out his hands towards both of you, one hand to one and one hand to the other. Uh, and he looks up to the sky a bit, um, as his, uh, hood falls back off of his head. Uh, and the rain again pours down on, onto him and he chants a few things into the sky that you don't understand. Uh, and he leans forward towards you and he says, uh, you must endure a small amount of pain for the curse to be transferred. Uh, and then he walks between you, between the circles, um, and he says, please, will each of you cross your arms in tr on the front of your chest? I'll do it. Okay, so each of you have your arms crossed on the front of your chest, uh, and he walks, you know, between you with his hands held up to the sky again as the blood's running down him, and he turns backwards, and you can hear him unsheathe his knife again. Um, and Dermon, because you asked first, you hear him step into your raven's feather circle, uh, and he grabs the blade and he goes, he cuts a, an eight inch, uh, gash, uh, following your shoulder blades down, you know, down the right and then down the back. And you take, um, eight points of damage for that. <gasps> um, so now the blood is running down your, running down your fur. Uh, as he's cut these gashes where it would seem uh, that your wings would possibly be if there were wings on your back. So like um, Reggie off on the he, sidelines, Reginald wants to shout some encouragement. Show yourself done, boy! <laughs> um, Davian doesn't turn to you. The family remains pretty stoic in this moment. Uh, and Davian takes his hands and takes his blood-soaked hands and presses them 
onto and kind of into the wounds that he's created on your back. And as he does that, he you can feel the magic stirring within you. It starts at where at this these wounds on your back, and it wraps around your rib cage, uh, and it goes up and covers your face and down and flows through your legs and over your feet. And you can feel the curse flowing through you, and it feels like there's you know a, a touch of a touch of harm, a touch of evil involved, but an overwhelming force of of lawful good, of an, an of an unyielding devotion to what is just, what is fair in the world. Um, and you feel that flow over you, and you still maintain that pain, and you're going to take two points of damage again as this happens. Uh, and Davian Markov pulls his hands off of you. Uh, and he leans his head down and he says, you are one of us now, a member of the Order of the Feather in full form. Uh, and he steps back away and out of your raven circle uh, as he moves towards Jericho to do the very same thing. He takes his knife, unsheathes it, and he cuts two eight-inch gashes ow, on ow, your back. Ow, where you ow, Davian, I swear I will pluck your feathers and roast you. Ow! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so you're going to take eight damage for that. Um, and then he's going to do the same thing. He's going to take his blood soaked hands and he's going to press them on your wounds and you'll be, you'll feel the magic course into your wounds and around your rib cage and over your head and down through your legs. And you'll feel the unyielding force of things that are just and things that are fair in the world overcome you, uh, with a touch of evil and a touch of curse and the magic will, you know, over fill you up as he pulls his hands away from you and you'll take another two damage and he'll say you are now a member of the order of the feather uh, in full form and he steps backwards and he steps back between you he walks over to his family uh, he pulls his hood back up with his bloody hands and arms uh, and he holds he clasps his hands together and he looks to the sky as the rain continues to pour and he chants a few things again that you're unable to understand. Uh, and when he chants these things, the family responds with a very similar chant uh, up to the sky as well. Uh, and he raises his arms as the rest of the family raise their, their arms towards you. And he says, welcome to each of you, Jericho and Thurman, as full members, were-raven members of the Order of the Feather. Uh, and then he turns towards Reginald and he says, though not in full 100% form, we offer you the title of an honorary member of the Order of the Feather to Reginald as well. Uh, welcome, and we thank you for the ways you have blessed us uh, with your service. I've got like the, the full like fist over the heart, just a very, very proud salute back to him. I, I feel honored. Nice. Um, so yeah, that he's he's done speaking for now. I don't know if you guys. Uh, he does tell you you are welcome to stand. The the process is complete. Um, stand I, I, I don't really want to move ever. Ow! I'm gonna like kind of slouch over, put my hands on the ground. I want to come up and and give him the the big manly slap on the back. That wasn't so bad, was he? <laughs> <laughs> Dermot, not, not Dermot. Reginald, <laughs> I swear to God. <laughs> All right. I don't know what. Everybody's still there? It broke up a second. Um, nope, I had to read something. I, I stand up and I say, um, 
thank you for the gift and for welcoming us into your family. And then I use uh, Channel Divinity uh, Preserve preserve Life. And that does something. Okay. Uh, that's 20, 25 hit points going to be restored to to old to old me and uh me me and me and uh what's what's his face cherry, 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 cherry coke cherry coke so ten uh total so that would be um it just, it'd be 10 split between us because that's the best the damage we took okay cool that's plenty because we only took eight do you give any to davian who wounded himself or no yeah, yeah, he can have the re- the five remaining. Yeah, he can have the rest. Okay, he his his hands heal up, and he looks up and and smiles at you, and he says, "Oh, your our friendship is always paying off." Um, so he does say, "Come, come, let us get inside." Uh, we we do not have to be out in the rain all evening. Yeah, yeah, I'm 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 okay with it. I'm going to, like, gather up my stuff. I'm not going to bother to put it back on. I'm just going to kind of throw my weapons into my jacket and wrap it up and kind of hobble inside. Okay. Yeah, the more inside, the better, I think. You see, the old hag's still out there somewhere. I want to catch up to Derman. Hey, okay. uh, Derman, you, you feeling all right? I feel mostly the same. Yeah, but the whole good thing is kind of a new concept for you. Well, no, I heard that. (laughs) Well, despite what Molly may think and despite what my reputation says, I've always really hoped for doing good. I've always tried my best to help those in need. It doesn't always pan out. I suppose... Part of why I did this, after finding out, I didn't know at first, but part of why I did this was because the urge to do good would be stronger, almost uncontrollable. Whether or not I agree with it, whether or not I think it's the right choice in the end, it seems to me that perhaps some greater power or or deeper, more instinctive urge to do what is right will be in me and will drive me forward. Good. There are things in my past that would have been better had I had this curse when I was young, but such is life. We, we can't change what we've been through. We can only learn from it and do better. Good, good on you. Good on you, man. I'm very proud of you. I'm also, I'm also intrigued by the fact that I don't have to worry about you possibly stabbing us in the back while we're sleeping at some point. So, uh, it's all good news all around. Is that a word? Wait, I want you to answer the question. Was that something you worried about to begin with? I, I don't know. I mean, to, to be perfectly honest, I mean, you you always kind of seem to be a little, um, little on the darker side. I was the one who saved you when we first met. That is true, you make a good point there, but um, I, I guess what I'm, I'm trying to say is I'm glad that you've made a decision in the positive. Do you think 
all of my other decisions have not been in the positive? Or are you literally saying that I've seen darker than others because my fur is black and my clothing is dark gray? It, Reginald is actually genuinely confused at this point, but uh, <laughs> but I, I think what I'm what I'm trying to say is I feel like you've you've made a decision for the better instead of having to kind of fight against one nature or another, and I'm I'm proud of you. Well, that does make more I'm sense. Not always the best one with words, but um. I, I I just wanted to say that I'm proud of you, and I'm proud of you. Yeah. Well, that means a lot to me. And I want you to know that those questions were not meant to offend, and they certainly did not come from a place of hurt. They were just out of genuine curiosity. Well, yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just, um, you know, I'm, I'm just glad that you've, um, I'm glad you've picked the side. I know you've had a darker past. As you guys are having, as you guys are having this conversation, Stefania uh, comes over there, and you haven't spoken with her much, but you you know her well enough at this point. She says, "And speaking of being proud, we have made a feast uh, for us all to enjoy on this momentous evening. Come join us in the kitchen." That would be good, Keith. Really quick, do you have like a write up of what happens? Yes, sir. Uh, I'm, I'm about to give you a little RP on it, and then I'll explain completely in just a nice. second. So is everybody sitting down yeah. to the feast? Oh, wait. Yes. All right. Uh, Jericho, you good? Yep. I'm letting them cool. have their character moment. Yeah, I didn't want. I didn't mean gotcha. to make your character well, feel uncomfortable. It. I was uh, awkwardly trying to say I am proud towards your person. No, Man, yeah, that was exceptional, both of you. And also, you have to remember that the only thing you know about Dermon is all the stuff I always say about right. him. Right, so like, That's this true. is my only knowledge here. <laughs> we have not done much backstory for each other. No, it hasn't really come up. We've been dying, mostly. <laughs> We've well, been creating a lot of it here. One of us but you guys all sit down at the big... ...disaster to another. <laughs> yeah, honestly, Striving for competence. A roller coaster of of failure or of fear, <laughs> but you guys sit down at the old feast table, uh, and Davian says, to "You no doubt you have questions about uh, what all will be going on with uh, these curse, the new, these new powers that you have been given. Uh, so come, let us uh, eat some of this bread and drink some wine and enjoy some meat, uh, and I will tell you a few things of what you can expect." over the next few days uh, and weeks, and then whenever you finally gain control over this curse. So before you is a smorgasbord of meats and cheeses and wines and breadies. I'm going to dive right into that. Sounds good. Cool. All right, so you guys are munching, and Davian says, uh, I can tell you this. Uh, you may be thinking, when, when may I turn into a raven? It doesn't feel as though I could do it at will at this very moment. Well, you are correct. You could not transform into a waven, a, a waven at will, <laughs> a raven at will. Uh, just yet. It, it will take you some time for you to be able to do it at will. For now, 
your transformations will occur. I will not say against your will, but your transformations will occur on their own time, and typically at a full moon. Uh, and after a few full moons of your transformation, uh, you will be able to gain control and be able to do it more readily and at your own will. But it will take many, many years before you will be able to transform into a raven and back multiple times in a day without resting and truly considering and meditating on this power. Um, luckily for you, in Barovia, full moons come quite frequently, more so than it seems any, every, other, any other place I've heard of. Uh, so you will be able to have some good practice. Um, now, I cannot speak to your physical capabilities, I do not know where you started, so I cannot have no idea how if things have changed for you. Um, but of course, you know as well that you are now bound to be a lawfully good uh, actor in this universe, that you will not be able to choose to do the wrong thing, even if it makes you feel good, uh, or even if it seems like the right thing at a certain time. But even this, with time, you will learn to accept and you will learn to be able to move along with your life. Okay, if you guys are good with that stuff, I will tell you mechanically kind of what that looks like, okay? Do it. Sounds good. good. All right, so your Raven trans transformation, you are unable to do it at will. I will let you know when it's going to happen to you the first time. Um, like, whenever it happens to you, I'll let you know, is what I mean to say. Okay. Um, second of all, we talked about the lawful good thing. And then third, if your strength is not already 10, you may increase it to 10. Uh, if your dexterity is not already 15, you may increase it to 15. If your, um, constitution is not already 11, you may increase it to 11. If your intelligence is not already 13, you may increase it to 13. Woo. If your wisdom is not already 15, you may increase it to 15. Dang, maybe Reginald should have taken that. <laughs> and if your charisma is, if, if your charisma is not already 14, you may increase it to 14. Right now, Reginald's just a charismatic stump. Nice. <laughs> Are you talking about my no, character stump? No, or no just I forgot stump? about stump. No, uh, no, Reginald is like he's <laughs> he's strong, but he ain't got a whole lot behind the works. Right, you still right, taking care right. of business? Don't you worry about it. My constitution just went up one, and my charisma just went up six. Dang. Wow. My strength Dang. went up two, and my intelligence went up three. Not bad. That's a that's a. A plus one on each of those for you, right? No, strength was at eight, so now it's it's evened out. I just mean that would be adding a plus one to your modifier, your modifiers or whatever. Oh, they yeah, yeah. Both of them. yeah, you're right. That's so true. not not a bad. I ate a deal, fictitious right? sandwich at a not feast, a, and I'm a, wondering if I need to put these two into a sack so they don't lose control and fly off and end up like on the edge of the wilderness, and I have to go and hunt them back down. That'll be the next eight episodes. All right, so let me know. For months. 
I was just thinking today, we've been in right? this winery for so long. I feel yeah. like we're getting it pretty well covered up, though. Um, I think so. What uh, do you guys have any further questions or anything else before we move along? Hey, um, I got all right. But, but well, old uh, multi just about a moment of your time. Uh, absolutely. We I have nothing did, but time did, this evening. I had a question. It's, it's been it's been nagging at me here for a while now. The, the, the whale ravens and the werewolves and the whale, all the wares out there. Does it work the other way around? Like if if so, if yourself, if a bear gets bitten by a uh, a human man, does he does he become a, a were dude? A woman. I do not believe that that is the case, Reginald. Uh, I believe it has to do... I do not even believe... I believe lycanthropy is only a curse that humans can get. I do not believe it is a reverse way for animals. I do not believe a a bear can be infected with lycanthropy and then become part human. But of course, I have not seen everything in the world, so... It is possible an adventurer like yourself so, may prove me now, wrong one day. Now, and I, I want to like draw him close, like I'm trying to be quiet here. Now, this this strong fellow. Now, he is he a, is he a human man, or, or was he a human man as well? Uh, by all of our estimation and all the legends, Strahd is a vampire lord. Uh, he is more than a man, and we pray less than a god. Right. Right. And I'm rubbing at that spot on my neck where, like, episode one, I got taken out by a wolf in the forest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, as, you, as you lean forward and have this little conversation with Davian, uh, everybody hears from the side of the room that's facing the front of the winery, uh, you hear, Grandfather? What's that, Grandfather? And... Davian says, excuse me, uh, I need to check what Claudio is looking at. Uh, and he stands up and goes to the window. And everybody roll a perception check and let me know if you get a natural I 20. I can hear ding, 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 ding. I got a natural six. I got the mighty 14. Uh, same thing, 14. Uh, if you're going to... <laughs> If you were going to, uh, if you got a 20, I was going to say, you hear. Oh, God. <laughs> My passive oh, perception God. is 24. Your what? My passive perception is 24. The power. Golly gravy, gosh. Uh, oh. She's not sneaking. Davian says, uh, he turns to the window and he says, or from the window, he says, children. Uh, Stefania, Dag, take all the children to the cellar, lock yourselves in the secret room and stay warm. The rest of you to the front lawn with me. Uh, Thurman, Jericho, and Reginald, it seems as though if you thought this was not your fight, it turns out it is. Uh, it is time to put those new that new curse to good use. Join me on the front lawn. I'm we have a brotherly saga to kill. As uh, lightning flashes and and backlights him, and behind him, through the window, you can see the red eyes of Baba Lasaga's uh, skeleton vehicle coming down towards the winery from the tree line. Nice. 
I like that visual. What do you do? Can I take this moment to ensure that all my crossbows, well, both of my crossbows are loaded and ready? Yeah, I appreciate Yeah, very good visual. All you have to do is say that, and you're checking to where you can lock and load. I like it. I would like it to stealth away. Okay. Uh, you want to stealth like kind of out front somewhere, or where are you stealthing to? You guys are in the kitchen that's on the second floor of the winery. Um, and What's she's the... coming, but he's called you to go down to the to the front lawn, really. What's the um landscape of the lawn? Uh, it's that one lane that comes down from the north, uh, and it is. <laughs> kind of vines and stuff. So I'll go ahead and start drawing here. Um, Hopefully everybody's combat. Do you have a square somewhere? Oh, we're going to no, need some square. No, I don't make it. Okay. I've labeled everybody. I'm going to take uh, this time before we enter combat to uh, cast Hail of Thorns on one of my crossbows. I'll allow it. Are there, like, objects or obstacles or things outside? Like, uh, Your cart is definitely outside. Okay. Um, um, yeah, I guess I'd like to run under the cart, because I got an 18 for stealth. Okay, you will be successfully hidden uh, in, the, in the cart. Hmm. All right, so what I'm drawing here on the AWE app, the blue block is going to be the winery that you may come out of the front of. Um, one square for me is that large. We're going to call one square 30 feet. Um, Baba, big BL <laughs> herself. <laughs> Baba, haba, laba, baba. All right, so I can't. I need to delete. I need to change that, Bryce, because <laughs> it's just too big. <laughs> Wait, for me, can't, can't they see the thing? Can't you just make a dot? Yeah, but I, I just changed it for you, or because you wrote a big long word. No, I mean like, can't you just make a dot wherever she is, and people can look at the little key over to the side, or can they not see the key? Uh, no, they can't. They couldn't see the key. Okay. All right, Baba La Baba is flying down the lane. She's at the edge of our square. She's the big BL. Um, you guys are, I guess everybody's oh, yeah. going out to the porch, right? Okay, so based on, based on who I asked to join you guys down there, we're going to have, so please forgive us for, for combat setup. Combat setup is always the most fun part of the Dungeon Boys podcast. Um, we got, we got Adrian, who is, um, Davian's eldest son. We have Dave, who is Dave. <laughs> we have Elvir, who is Elvir, whom you know. And Stefania and Dag took the children to the basement. So you're joined by Adrian, 
Dave and Elvire, we are going to set up the black square of the cart that is um, currently concealing um, Dermont. Dermont is going to be the green B. Um, Reginald and Jericho, where are you guys I'm hanging, hanging out? out? Kind of in that grouping of uh, between like Dave and Elvier. Like I know, I know Elvier is kind of solid in a fight, so I'm like, yeah, he's right behind me, but I'm right behind Dave because like this is his shot. Perfect. Oh man, the font stuff. The f- so let me tell you guys this. I really want to find a different app to do this drawing stuff in. <laughs> you know, we there's use- that plus button at the bottom of the thing. I do wonder if we could get some uh, D&D, like decals, where we can just like drop boulder, tree, house, yeah. stuff like that. What we really should do, guys, is we should just do roll 20. Honestly, roll 20 is great. Yeah, it's a free... It, we, we could get free accounts and it would be super easy. Can we Which, all... We're trying to get that for next time. Let's set it up for next yeah, time. Yeah, we'll all be able to see it. Oh, okay. Yep. Uh, for this time, we're going to be doing all app. Uh, and you know what I say whenever we use all app? I say all crap. Um, Got him. Got him! Let's take... I need to remind myself of everybody's studies. Um, we got Adrian, Davian, Elvier, Reginald, Dermond, and Jericho. Every time you say Adrian, that reminds me of my first character. And I'm just like, wait a minute. <laughs> Adrian. Oh, yeah. Golly, that's a real throwback back to before we recorded anything. Yeah. That boy knew how to rip a dick (laughs) with magic (laughs) and spells. I still remember that. What was it, the wooden orc? You better watch out. Yeah, that was great. (laughs) Oh, yeah. A Trojan goblin or a Trojan orc. Flipping Um, two birds. Yep. Okay, I'm gonna roll. I'm gonna roll. Everybody, roll initiative for me. It's time. Initiate initiative <laughs> roll. Um, eight. Seventeen. Uh, what was your flat roll? Uh, seven. Reggie? I, I just got a plus one. Okay, gotcha. I have a plus um, six to mine, so I got a twenty-three. Okay. Elvier trying to get out in front. What'd you get, Jericho? You said 23? Wait, why am I out front? Jericho, what did you get? Yeah, 23. Okay, where did you, where did you want to be? Uh, I wanted to... Well, I wanted to go up to the roof, if that's a possibility. Yeah, you found your way to the roof before this that's all started. I'll be generous there. Dermon, what was your roll? 17. 
17. Yeah. Going to roll for Bubble the Bubble. Bubble the Bubble. <laughs> bubble the Bubble. All right. So we got this person. Yes. And this person. Nope. And then this person. Then this person. Then this person. And then. Oh, dang. Nope. Yeah. Sorry, I'm trying to do my math. It is still quite dark, correct? It is very dark, still lightning and thundering. Rain is pouring down out of doors. That is a cool image. Because I'm yes, visible to dark vision, but every time there's a flash of lightning, I you can, can imagine see me. like the rain just kind of like hits your body and just runs off. But like we can't see you. I think at this point it would kind of be like a really slow, like film reel uh, projector <laughs> of me. So every time there's a flash of light, you just see me like in a different spot, but That's moving awesome. towards a goal. <laughs> All right, guys, I got it set up. The first person in this order is going to be young Elvir to attack. Um, Elvir 23. He rolled a nat 20. Go. Dang. Um, but at this point he is going to go over and take cover behind, well, he's not, he's going to use his turn to run or to dash to take cover behind the cart over there. Um, also all these lines on the screen are vines. They will provide you with like a third, a a quarter cover or something. You know, they're, they can be shot through, but they're hard to see you through. So we'll deal with that. Um, but the only other obstacle out in front is going to be the cart that uh, Dermon is under and Elvir is now hiding behind. Uh, that means, Jericho, it is your turn. Cool. How far away is she? Very she early. is. Yes. Those so 30, 30 60, 90, 120. Multiply that two, 240, like 300 feet away. Cool. I am going to cast the long stride spell on myself. Okay. Adds an extra 10 feet of movement. Awesome. And I can't cast a spell and do another spell as a bonus action, correct? No, you cannot. Okay, then. Right. I can't, like, even if it's a bonus action spell? Um, if you cast a bonus action spell, you can only cast a cantrip. Okay. Like, you can cast a bonus action spell, like Healing Word, and then you can cast a cantrip. But you can't cast a bonus action spell and then a spell with a casting time of one action. Okay. Even if I do the action first? See. Okay. Then I will just well, do the... I mean, your action was Long Strider or is Long Strider a bonus action? Long Strider is an action. I was going to cast Hail of Thorns on my other crossbow as a bonus action. I mean, rules as written, you can't do that. But, I mean, Keith is always able to override... No, I, I think I think we'll go rules as written on that one. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Didn't you already cast it on? Didn't you already cast Hail of Thorns on something? I cast it on one of my crossbows. I have two. 
Okay. Yeah. So you got one crossbow with it on. I'll say um, let's follow the rules as written on that one. The one spell we'll have to do for now. All right. I got 10 feet extra movement speed and one Hail of Thorns crossbow ready to go. And I'm going to uh, stealth while I'm up here. And that's it. Okay. Roll for stealth. That's a. I think that's a 26. Hang on. That is, in fact, a 26. Okay, you are hidden. Good. Sorry, I had one more thing. I need to write down technically three total, but I had to go find him. Josh, I don't know if you were told, but Ted had to go to the hospital today because that incision they made during yeah, the surgery that. was leaking. And okay, uh, mom just said they sent him home with some antibiotics, okay. and that's all well, she knows right now. It, it seems like something that's kind of kind of mild, but I don't know. I had a surgery in the similar spot, and I ha- I kind of had the same thing going on there for a little bit, but. The the ooze of camaraderie. Hopefully, Ted will be all right. Um, But I'm sure if they just send him home with antibiotics, I'm sure things will probably be good. Uh, So, just to let you guys know, Babala Saga is floating about 50 feet above the ground uh, in her skull. And she's floating there in her big skull. Um, Just to remind viewers, just in case you don't remember what she looks like, uh, she was on the screen the whole time for most of the episodes so far, but this is what Bible of Saga looks like. Dungeon Boys may refresh themselves in the Discord. Uh, it is now Dermon's turn. Oh boy, what am I going to do? How high up am I? Uh, the roof of this building is a solid 50 feet as well, so you're probably like staring right in her eyes. Okay, perfect. Just from far away. Um, I guess I'm just gonna wait. I'll I'll ready in action. If she comes within, let's see, what's I gotta find out the range on this thing. I think it's only sixty feet. Yeah, if she comes within sixty feet of me, I'm gonna cast Sacred Flame on her. All right, boss. Much obliged. Um, she is going to. It is her turn now. Uh, so she is going to come closer while shouting at you. She is going to do a little dash with that skull, and she can drive real fast in that skull. She can go bonk, and then another bonk. So she getting closer to you boys. Really, she more like bonk right there. Um, and she's going to show, You stole my stone! I can smell it on you. I had decided to kill you off slowly, but because of this, you all die tonight. And then you hear a crack of thunder from behind her again. Um, apologies for any eardrums I destroyed with that. Uh, it is now uh, <clears throat> Adrian's turn. Adrian is going to take his turn to dash. Shibba dibba 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 shibba dibba bop up here. 
uh, which means 30, 60, 90, 180. Uh, and Adrian is going to take his chances on trying to extend the range of his crossbow, and he's going to fire a couple bolts at old Babala Saga's skull. Which one? Um, trying to see if he can't. Going to the big the big booty skull she's riding in. Uh, going to see if he can't knock her out of that that monstrosity. So you're going to roll with disadvantage on both his shots. Um, firing the first time. The first time he's going to, nice. he's going to hit with his first one. He's going to a crossbow bolt is going to stick into the skull. You guys see it. You can hear the crunch of the skull of this giant she's flying around in. Um, and he's going to roll for damage on that. Nice. About six damage on that bad boy. Um, a crack forms in the skull a little bit right where the bolt goes in, but it hasn't slowed down at all. He's going to fire another crossbow bolt um, with disadvantage, but this one sadly is going to sail right past Babala Saga, um, which he shouldn't have done, but I'm the DM and I accidentally gave him an action and a dash, and that's my fault. Won't happen again, maybe. <laughs> but it's okay. Uh, you, if, I, if I make a mistake in your favor, we, we got to keep that mistake. So, Adrian is over there trying to, you know, conceal himself behind the vines. It is now Reginald's Um, turn. Realizing there's not a whole lot of talking that's probably going to go on in this situation, he is, uh, he's just got his spear and his shield out, and he just uh, does the slam of the spear against the shield three times. Right. Nice. Coo, coo, coo. <laughs> I like that. In the rain, too. The rain flashing off of it, lightning in the background. Taking the stance. Very cool ready. image. You know, any amount of combat done in the pouring rain is infinitely cooler. Always. Um, I like whenever you breathe out, the water droplets are like, you know, taking the ride on the air. And you, every time you breathe out, it's like you're spitting a little bit of water out. So cool. Um,. It is now Dave's turn. Dave is going to um, follow his eldest son over in this direction um, as he uh, stays, stays, stays over this way. He calls out to Barbara Saga and he says, Yes, it seems our feud shall end this evening. <laughs> um, as he walks over there. Almost drifted into Scottish with him by accident, but it's okay. Feud! <laughs> Uh, it seems our feud. It seems our feud will end this evening. <laughs> um, I can't get it for some reason. When it comes to accents, like the first <laughs> sentence I speak is hard. Russian. It seems our feud. Maybe feud is just a hard word. Um, okay, so he crosses over there after calling out to Babala Saga for this combat uh, encounter. Um, you know, knowing that there's no reasoning with this old wretch of a hag. Uh, it is now. Elvier's turn again. I do need to look something up. Gotta check some stuff. Alright, so she's gonna travel over. She's just gonna... Con- oh, no, that's not, it's not Bible of Saga's turn. It's Elvier's turn. Elvier is going to, again with disadvantage, pop out from behind 
the wagon and fire off two crossbow bolts, rolling with disadvantage. The first one will hit. The second one, again, will not. Um, so we're going to do another little bit of damage to that skull. Another crossbow bolt. This one just kind of glances off the side, but it chips a piece of the uh, a piece of the the skull off as it goes. Um, the sound of the Jetson machine continues. Uh, it is Jericho's turn? Cool. Uh, hang on. It's fine. You can take your time. Take your time. I hate playing spellcasters, so I always they forget what all spells. they can do. Weapon attack and range weapon. Uh, I mean, range weapon takes it is under weapon attack, correct? Yeah, I would say. Next time you hit a creature with a weapon attack. All right, cool. I'm going to put in snaring strike on my other crossbow. Okay. So now you got that will be now another you got two crossbows both have ensnaring straight. That's pretty cool. Yeah. No. One ensnaring oh, yeah. straight, one hail of thorns. And I am long stratified. Nice. nice. That was a bonus. Well buffed. Can I prepare an action? Did you not just take an action? That was a bonus action. Oh, then yeah. Unless it's casting a spell, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it is going to be too long before she gets there. It'll be my turn again before she gets over here. I'll just let it go. Okay. Pass. All right. Passing along to Dermon. Oh, let's see. Let's see. So she's what? How far away from me would you say she is? Like 170-ish? Yeah. Okay. Um, How big is each square? Uh, uh, Each square is 30 feet. I will stick with my readied action. And then that would okay. Be... Your same, your same uh, fire action. Yes. Okay. That means it is Babalisaga's turn. Babalisaga is going to roll her sexy My. little booty over this. Over this way. Boop. Uh, and then she gonna cast a spell. Uh, let's see. 60, 90, 120. Mm-hmm. She actually is not gonna cast a spell because she is too far away for spell casting unless... Nope. She's not casting a spell. 
All right, she's just moving closer to you. She's just rocketing towards you on her fearsome giant skull and her fearsome spell-casting fingers, and her long fingernails are out at the side, coursing with evil energy as the rain falls on her and drips off of her, and she shouts again, The night is the night that the order of the feather perish! Uh, She races towards you. Um, That being said, it is... Adrian's turn. Adrian is going to finish his movement to hide behind Divines, and he is again going to fire off two crossbows at old soul sister, Baba Lasag. Every time you use her voice, I feel the need to clear my throat. (laughs) Yeah, me too. Alright, so there was a dice in the way that ruined that roll, meaning that it landed on its side. I'm going to roll again. This time, he does not need to roll at disadvantage. Uh, so the first one's going to miss. And the second one's going to miss. So he, he runs over to the vines, but the exertion took his focus and he was unable to fire the two crossbow bolts to make them connect with uh, Grandma Lasaga. All right. Reginald, it is your turn, uh, my friend. I am going to run towards Baba Lasaga. Yep, 60 right, feet. running straight at her? How 60 far? feet. Okay. When I get... Well, when I'm... Taking her head on. When I am running towards an enemy, because it's an orc thing, I have the aggressive thing, so I can actually move my movement speed also. So instead of 30, I move 60. So. That is it. That's, that's all I got. That's on it? Okay. I don't do spells. Cool. I hit things. Um, Well, if that if you can that if you that assuming that means you get a free dash, you could do an extra thirty feet, right? I'm okay right this second. Yeah. Okay, just wondering if that's possible. Okay, so Reginald is there. It is now Dave's turn. Davy and Martikov. He is going to dash again and spend you know, hang out with his eldest son uh, to Ooh, do war against Mark. Baba Lasaga. Uh, he calls out to her. To her do your worst, he calls to her uh, as he gets behind the vines. Cycling back up, it is now Elvir's turn. Elvir again is going to pop out and shoot those two crossbow bolts. The first one is a hit. The second one is also a hit. Very good news. Um, going to do another bit of damage to that thing. Two crossbow bolts are now, th- or three total crossbow bolts are now sticking out of the uh, edge of the skull that she is flying on. It is now Jericho's turn. Uh, I'm just going to pass. I'm just waiting on her to get closer. Okay. Within. Uh, Jericho passes. Derman. Um... Okay, the where the vertical lines on the left meet the horizontal lines. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I would like to. Let's see which one's thirty. Mm, I guess I can't make it that far. I've got, you know, I've got the the feline talent uh, thing. Let me see what it is. Feline agility. Um, when you move on your turn in combat, you can double your speed until the end of the turn. 
Um, so basically like a free dash. So that gives me like 80 feet of movement. So I want to kind of move over in that direction as much as possible, like trying to get close to a vine, but still within 60 feet of her. Is that possible? Within 60 feet? I don't know. So let's see. I'm going to move you 30, 60, and then not quite 90 would be like right about here. Okay. Um, about as far as you can get. Could I make it? I couldn't make it over to one of the vines. Hmm, that stinks. Okay. Uh, well, how far away is she from there? About 90 feet, you said? Yeah, about 90. So 30, 60, 90. Yeah. Okay, well then I will do a thing. I will cast... I'll be uh, right back. I can hear y'all. <clears throat> I will cast Guiding Bolt upon her. It's got a range of 120 feet. Nice. Cast that Guiding Bolt. Let's see if it remains effective. Alright. Uh, make a range spell attack. Let's see. What's that? Where did it? Ooh. <laughs> I hope it's effective. Uh, that is the mighty 25... 25 to hit? Yeah, not natural. Oh, yeah, that will definitely hit. Excellent. Um, I'm just casting that with ye old first level spell slot. Um, okay. That is 4d6 radiant damage, and the next attack roll uh, has advantage. Made before the end of my next turn has advantage. So whoever first attack. So let me roll some damage. Good, some good damage. 4d6s. Is- 4 uh, eight, nine damage. Nine damage. Okay. And that's uh, that's radiant damage as well. Okay. Cool. Sounds good. So she, you hit her with a guiding bolt. Your bolt fires and it hits the. Uh, I assume you're aiming for Babala Saga and not the skull. Yeah, just straight Babala Saga. Yep. Yeah, so the. The, it nails her, and she, you know she's lit with this magic, and you can see her wince at the pain that is caused by it um, as she continues to rock it towards you. Mm-hmm. Um, and she calls out, I see you have made some new friends! That's the end of your turn, though? Yeah. Okay, that means it's her turn, old Babali Saga. What she's going to do is she is going to move down this away on her skull towards Dave and Adrian. Um, and then she's going to cast right in front of her. She is going to cast a spell called Cloud Kill. That sounds friendly. Um, kind of really right there. Right there where you're at, Dermot, is kind of bad news. Um, so she's going to create a 20 foot radius sphere of poisonous yellow green fog centered on a point that she chooses within range. So I'm going to go ahead and mark that real quick. Um, with a little bit of yellow, a 20 foot circle is going to choose. Oh, that's not correct. Uh, circle is what I want. It's going to be about like this here. So Dermon, you're going to be living in it. Um, she's putting it right there at the corner where anybody would kind of have to run through at this point for her to, to get, to get to her. Um, so Derman, let me see what's going to happen to you. Um, it lasts for the duration. Um, duration is going to be up to 10 minutes, uh, concentration, of course. 
uh, lasts for duration until strong wind disperses the fog. Uh, its, its area is heavily obscured. When a creature enters the spell's area for the first time on a turn or starts its turn there, that creature must make a constitution saving throw. The creature takes an amount of damage, uh, 5d8 poison damage on a failed save for half as much as on a successful one. Creatures are affected even if they hold their breath don't need to, or don't need to breathe. The fog moves 10 feet away from you at the start of each of your turns, rolling along the surface of the ground. There you go. Um, okay, so that is there. I'm assuming that you will take some damage at the start of your next turn, Dermot. More than likely, yeah. Um, but for now, you're you're technically unharmed as the cloud is created. Uh, and that is going to be the end of her turn. Nice. That means it's Adrian's turn. Adrian, again, is going to pop up over those vines. And because you did Guiding Bolt, his attack is going to have advantage, right? Yeah. The next attack, he's going to roll with advantage. Luckily, he... Well, not luckily he did, because it didn't help. Sadly. Uh, Poor Adrian's having a rough time with those vines. Uh, But the second one will definitely hit. This crossbow bolt is going to drive directly into Baba Lasaga. It's going to hit her in, in her arm um, and she's going to take some damage from that and she grabs that the, she grabs at the bolt and pulls it out and tosses it off the side of her skull and shrieks with a loud Shriak! She's like 90 feet away still. Um Alright, seeing the fog that has appeared there, I am going to... I'm going to still run in the in that same direction, kind of skirting around to the right of the fog cloud. Kind of over there towards where uh, Dermon is on the edge of it. Okay. Yeah. Like that. Okay. Cool. Uh, you do that. Anything else? That's it. Nobody's within smacking range. Actually, how far is she away right now? Now, mind you, she is right, still 50 right, feet off the ground. Right. Let's right not now. break out the trigonometry, but roughly but here. She's... Yeah. Right, yeah, she's about... I'm not judging you know, her distance based on height at this point. So she's about 60, 60 or 50 or feet away from you right away. now. Okay. Um... We'll call okay. it 50. I'm, I'm just kind of I'm just, I'm just kind of hanging out for a second. Okay. Sounds like a plan. Uh, it is Dave's turn. Dave will finally uh, pick up his crossbow and fire two bolts towards Baba Lasaka. He's also carrying a crossbow. He's going to roll two. Both of his crossbow bolts are going to connect with Baba Lasaga's flesh, doing a hefty amount of damage. While I'm thinking about it, did we we all got there was there was some healing potions in that chest in Baba Lasaga's hut, right? Oh boy, I can't remember. Um, I've got nothing out of the box so far, I believe. Yeah, I haven't distributed any goods. So whatever is had, um, I'm just bringing it up. Like, there was some it. in there. I don't know where they went, but there was some in there. 
Yeah, uh, I think there's only one though. But yeah, I've Swanky. got it on my item list. Cool, that's some swanky right there, y'all. Get your swank on. I think I still have one from when we found it at the uh, place where we burnt down the big statue. Oh yeah, and one chunk. Maybe that's where I have mine from. I don't know. Either way. Either way, it is Elvia's turn. Elvia is going to, um, Elvia is going to transform into a raven right now. Uh, and Elvira is going to fly as close as he can to Babala Saga. That's just showing off right there. He's going to make that transformation. And he's headed that way. Up there to old Babala Sag. Um, <laughs> Baby Lee Sag. Uh, it is now Jericho's turn. Uh, still not close enough to pass. Pass. Okay. Just pass me. Closer. Uh, I don't. I mean, you're you're seeing you're seeing the way things are set up. You, um, hopefully she does get closer, but we'll see. Uh, if she doesn't on the next turn, I'll start moving in. Up to you, brother man. Baba is going to get closer to everybody. <laughs> uh, she's drawn in. She is close enough to everybody. And she can see behind, um, she can see over there behind the vines, Dave and Adrian both firing off, knowing that they are were ravens whom she seems to hate with a great deal of fervor. She is going to do a little magic missile on them fools real quick. Um, which I'll remind myself. Magic Missile never misses. Um, and she's going to cast that a little bit higher spell slot. So she's just going to send, she's going to send five magical darts of force damage directly at old Adrian, the big bad boy, the old, the eldest son. So, Uh, he's going to take a hefty little bit of damage. As you see her put out her greasy fingers. Um, her greasy fingers and from every finger a, a, a green slimy bit of force energy flies out from it and all collides with Elvira behind his vine. <laughs> takes a deep breath as he takes all those damages and you hear Dave calling to his son Adrian um, as it is uh, that's going to be her turn it's now it's now Adrian's turn Adrian is going to stumble backward um, but not too long because he's still going to be able to pop out his crossbow and fire a couple of bolts but Baba Saga now is so high up at this point, it's hard to it's hard to see her to hit her. So he's going to fire at the skull again. Um, still able, or no, unable to hit on his second shot, but his first shot does connect with the skull, doing a very good bit of damage. This arrow goes directly into the right eye 
of the skull, and you can see pieces of bone crack and fall out of that eye socket uh, as the crossbow bolt hits in there. Um, it is now right. Reginald's turn. We are within like 30 feet of range, I'm thinking, kind of. Okay. Oh, yeah. I'm going to use, I'm going to heft my spur and I'm going to chuck my spur that way. Yeah. Nice. Uh, you're going to try to hit the skull, or uh, I would say I'm at this point, Babala Saga is so high up, she probably has some cover from right. the vehicle she's in. The skull is, is has no cover, obviously, but it, it will be harder to hit Babala Saga. She'll have a little increased uh, I mean, AC for this. Try, but it's a 26 to hit. I'm I going, just need you yeah, to choose what Babala you're targeting. Saga. Okay, you yeah, you're I'm going to hit her with a, with a 26. Yeah, an impressive so, spear all right. Duck. all right, and all it right, is go ahead. a it's a 12 of the damage. Nice, man. That spear goes up there. Um, that spear goes up there and slices a piece of her arm as she begins to bleed, and she sh- shrieks back down at you. That, but I'm not going to do that. Uh, but your spear just you know, kind of continues uh, traveling. Can you let me know somewhere on the map where it lands? So your spear. Yeah, we're going to say old, the old spear has landed. That's an impressive throw. Back there somewhere. You yeah. you have, I mean, a 26, you freaking right. lasered that thing up there. You had a vapor trail. <laughs> And then um, yeah. second attack, I'm I'm grabbing one of my uh, my hand axes off of my belt. I'm gonna chuck it at the school. Uh, eighteen. All to right, hit. chuck it. All right, and it that is a six damage. Yeah, a six damage. Okay, you crack off a few pieces of that skull. Um. But it nice. still remains bonus a action. Flight. I'm just grabbing my my great axe now. Just have that ready. Nice, Dave. Uh, or Davian's turn. He's going to go to his son, and he's going to hand his son a little bit a concoction he has in his pocket that his the that uh, Adrian is going to drink and regain some some HP back. Give him a little potion to keep him healthy. He says, "Son, I need you to stay healthy." Um, and it is now Elvir's turn. Elvir is going to continue his flight to try to get to Babala Saga. Cow, cow. If that makes it Jericho's turn. Oh, 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 she's in my way. <laughs> she's still too far away. <laughs> All right. I'm getting off the roof, climbing down. Okay. I'm going to walk that way. Roll an athletics check for me. Yeah. That landed on top of my pin. Yeah, <laughs> that is. It's base sixteen plus something. Hang on, plus three is nineteen. Yeah, you successfully climbed Price, down. What was off the, the thing roof. from the last book? I got a fresh can of whoop ass, and I'm gonna pry it open. <laughs> But no, that dice, I rolled it, and it hopped up on top of my pin and laid inside the little pocket clip thing. That's a creative way to say I rolled poorly and wanted to re-roll. Oh, yeah, it it was definitely one facing up, but it was definitely on the pin, too. 
I'm kidding. I trust you guys. There is one among us. You trust me. Legendary. I do not. For fumbling the role. Oh, aren't aren't the dice always rolling off your desk? Yeah. Oh, I do that a lot. Yeah. I do that a lot. You're right. Okay. Um, That means it is Jericho. You do anything else with your turn? Uh, doesn't that, does that use up, how much of my movement does that use up? I'd say that uses up all your movement to get to the ground. Okay, I'm done. Okay. Uh, that means it's Dermot's turn. Okay. You will take, roll a constitution saving throw for me. Mm. Mm. Okay, hang on. Constitution. That's a mighty 14. Mighty 14... Uh, oh, what for? What you said? Fourteen. Yeah, that will sadly not save. So you're about to take a heap. Yeah, but I it was a, a mighty fourteen. Doesn't the mighty count for anything? Wow. No, sadly not. I can take it. All right, twenty-three damage. Dermon vomits. <laughs> yeah, you take 23 damage worth of cloud damage. Um, but the benefit of you, for you, is that the cloud is rolling along the ground. So the cloud will now move out of, you are now out of the cloud as it moves forward. Dope. Um, but Babala Saga sees Elvir coming. Uh, and she's going to cast a little dinky spell on Elvir as he flies towards her with her hatred. Should uh, I do that on my turn? Oh, I'm sorry. I forgot. That's my bad. Yeah, of course it's your turn. I was just moving that cloud and I was thinking it was hers. Go ahead. It's your turn. Um, well, first of all, I'm going to cast upon myself a second level uh, Cure Wounds, which means that I get... Oh crap! I want to do, do a uh, healing word. Actually, my bad. My B. That's two D four. That's a two. That's a four. How does healing work again? It's been too long. Oh crap! My spells. Um, okay. Yeah. So that's was six. Plus a number. Plus uh, <laughs> three, nine, eleven. Okay, so that's eleven Keelys that I get back. And then I slap a, uh, a sacred flame upon her. Okay. Wait. Did you just cast two spells? Yeah, but bonus action and then a cantrip. Okay, gotcha. I forgot. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cantrip, cantrip, cantrip. Um, nope. yeah, I roll a dexterity save, right? You indeed do. She gains, well, uh, she gains no benefit from cover from this spell. Gotcha. Will, will 14 do it? Will a 14 do it, he says. Uh, 14 matches. Um, which done means... Beats this time. You said meets it, beats it? 
That's what we you sing the meat. Yeah, to that is what we do. Every time we play. That'll work. Yeah, that works. True. Me to beat it. So she, so she squiggle, she squiggles out of the way of the uh, of the sacred flame, as she she saw it coming with her magical power. She knows a thing or two about magic. She's been down the block, I guess. So she inches out of the way of the sacred flame. I guess. Is there anything else? I guess meets it. Beats doesn't. Really, I I don't know. I was thinking because it met her resistance, he beat her. I I don't know. It can be from either way. If that's what you all assumed that you meant, then that's fine too. We have gone from based on like the attacker. Was it different? I don't know. Whatever. I mean, whatever you roll, I'm fine. Whatever you rule, I'm fine. If a saving throw meets the, we've done. If it meets right. AC, it beats AC. But that right, but with it, we're, we're talking about DC now. Yeah. The furious typing. Let's go. Um. Compare the. T- the total exceed equals or exceeds target number, the ability check, the attack roll, or saving throw is a success. All right, equals or okay. exceeds. So, yeah, this says this answered on page seven of the player's handbook. Compare the total to a target number. If the total equals or exceeds the target number, the ability check, attack roll, or saving throw is a success. So it sounds like the meat has been yeah. beat. <laughs> it sounds like she beat your meat on that one. Sadly. That's fine. All right, so she dodges out of the way. Will you do anything else for your turn? Nay. Nay. Well, she's seen Elvir coming, and she has an exceptional hatred for ravens and their were-raven folk. And so she's going to reach out her crusty finger and point at Elvir as he flies toward her. And you can see this crackling negative energy as she's backlit like a lot backlit by a lightning bolt and the rain pours down on all of your faces. Uh, you can see crackling black energy just course through her body and out her finger towards Elvir, who you know is now a raven. Um, and it's gonna ma- he's going to make a saving throw as if his life depends upon it. Because it do. Is he within five feet of do. my person? Well, there you go. He is not. Oh, okay. He is far above you. And honestly, it may be, it, you might not want to take take the de- help the defense on this one. <laughs> um, I'm going to roll damage for him, and we're about to see what happens. So, Elvir. Uh, 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 it don't sound good. In my head. It really don't sound you good. You guys can talk. Point, so, that's a lot of rolls, man. Yep. Elvier's children. It was a lot. Yeah. So Elvier just took. Uh, I vaguely remember a person damage. who may have been named Elvier. Yeah. 
Uh, Elvir just took 73 damage, which is enough to outright kill him. Uh, So, Elvir, what you see is Babala Saga points her crusty finger at Elvir as he flies, and she fires off this bolt of energy that you can tell is extremely powerful and extremely evil and is more than you'd ever want to experience. And when it collides with Elvir, you see his raven body convulse, and then he turns back into a human and falls 50 feet to the ground, which really, at the end of the day, it wasn't the it wasn't the um, the blast that maybe outright killed him. The he also fell 50 feet flat on his back and head. Uh, his his he turns back into a human and falls that far and splats against the ground. Well, it's not a splat. His body thumps against the ground into the mud. Um, and Elvir is is dead, like flat out dead. There. And you can hear from behind you and in front of you, Jericho, and behind you, the other two of you. You can hear uh, Dave sobbing loudly as he calls out, Elvir. My son, uh, as his his son dies uh, mm. fighting this evil hag, it's now Adrian. Adrian uh, is also going to, in his rage, um, raven up and fly towards Babala Saga. So Adrian, now a raven, is headed up there as well. And it is now right. Reginald's all this going on. She's still floating, right? Yeah, all she's right. still floating. Um, she's up there. Another hand axe coming this way. I got nothing with okay. some reach. It's a twenty Bubble though. Saga. I'm headed for. I'm. I'm trying to get the skull. Like I'm. His his rationale is if we can get her okay. down, we you can nailed. we can beat her. Nice. <laughs> If we can get her down, we can dogpile her and just right. beat if that's what it takes, her bear. That's what it takes. Beat her to death with her own skull. There you yeah. go. Um, it, it was a 20 to hit skull. Nice. It was yeah, eight damage. All right. Good damage on the skull. Of course, Adrian also loudly weeping before he turns into mm. a raven. Um, Is there anything else, else nearby that I can just pick up and chuck at it? It's probably a I rock out down of there projectiles. We'll say if you nail her with a rock, uh, a I'll give you D4 hit. damage. <laughs> That'll <Okay>. hit. <laughs> yeah, skull, going right? for the skull. Yeah, it's a... You know what? It's a whole one damage, but doggone it, I got that extra one point in. Ooh, I guess well, add your strength to it. To it if okay. you um, plus five, so that's a six. Just for fun, I guess. All right, good, good, good amount of damage. Let's say you picked up a really big rock. It was actually the glowing that rock that we risked our lives to get, but you know. <laughs> It explodes. He's not even here and dies. dies. It's over. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it does. Uh, there are several large cracks formed underneath the right. bottom of this skull. It, I am just, I am enraged, but I, I don't have anything else I can throw at this point. I'm looking around. End of turn. 
Okay. All right, end of turn. That means it's Dave's turn. Uh, Dave is going to... Um, he's 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 taking a turn. Dave is uh, not able to not able to stomach this loss right now. Uh, so he's going to just kind of sob for this turn for a second. It is now <laughs> El, nope, it's not his turn. <laughs> it's uh, Jericho's turn. Uh, does it look like she has to do anything to pilot this skull around? Like, or does it, it looks like she when she thinks it doesn't have a steering wheel. She's not using her hands to do it. Okay. Um, I'm going to move towards her. Okay. How far? Uh, I got 40 feet of movement right now because of my long stride. Okay. And I'm still out of range for everything I can do, so I'm just going to pass. Um, let's see. 30, 60. You could shoot her. Is it within 120 feet? Yeah, you're right. Probably right at the edge of that now. Yeah, looks like the edge. Yeah, I'll shoot my hail of thorns. Uh, one. Fire! Fire the acid magnet. That's a hover to go. What are we able to go? 24. That'll hit, my friend. Alright. That's 1d6. Plus sneak attack damage. So it was 3. Plus 2 is 5. Plus 4 is 9. Plus the hail of thorns is a d10. That's another 8. So that's 17 damage. To her, and if her her skull counts as another entity, it is within five feet, so it also, I can roll damage for it as well. Yeah, roll that. That's a two. A whole two. Okay, nice. You did some good damage on that one for sure. Um, She takes that arrow and ah, all the thorns and everything's hit her. Uh, but as she also cackles with satisfaction that she murdered one of your crew. Um, German, your turn, my friend. I'm going to move over to Elvir, his corpse. Okay. I'm going <laughs> to cast Revivify upon him. You're going to cast on Revivify on him, okay. You touch a creature that has died in on the his last skid mark. minute. What? On his skid mark. You touch a creature that has died within the last minute, that creature Ooh. returns to life with one hit point. This spell can't return to life a creature that has died of old age, nor can it restore any That's missing spicy. body parts. Okay. Um, All right. Yeah. Is that, I cast that upon a scroll, him. or is that your spell? That's my spell. Cool. I don't know. Do I have a scroll? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I do have a scroll. Oh, well, whatever. We'll, we'll save that for later. 
Um, and then I'm going to pick them up and I'm going to use my feline agility because I did not move the last turn and I'm going to move him back as close to the wagon as possible. Alright, so it'll take you about 20 feet to get to him, cast a spell, then do another, what, 60? Yep. Alright. So you guys are almost back to the wagon. You are able to cast a spell on Elvir, um, and uh, as you do it, he the life returns to his eyes. You can feel his broken bones in your arms as you lift him up, and as you toss him over your back, you can feel that he just vomits up a a belly full of blood on your back as he just coughs and gasps for breath with his one uh, hit point. But uh, he d- has returned from the other side uh, through the power of your spell, for sure. Um, all right, it's going to be Baba's turn. Baba is going to uh, drop down here and not satisfied that you would take her kill from her. Uh, she's going to move down in altitude, get closer to the ground with her skull because she senses that it may be not long for this world. Uh, and she is going to cast a spell on you, my friend. How high off the ground is she now? Probably 10 feet off the ground at this point. Cool. Um, she is going to cast Lightning Bolt on you, Senor Dermon. Oh. Um... So it is a 100-foot-long and 5-foot-wide blast. Uh, I guess it's going to hit you both. Blast from her in the direction that she chooses. The direction will be toward you. Uh, each creature in that line must make a dexterity saving throw. Um, and then we'll do damage if you fail. <laughs> Nat 20. Nice, dude. Good dodge. Not Good day. That's like that's like the anime thing. Like I've got the bird in my hands, and she swoops down and shoots the lightning bolt, and then Dermot <laughs> just disappears. Yeah, and like appears like behind her. Like, and I guess if you somehow have Dermot on your back, I mean, or Elvir on your back, I I can't. It doesn't seem like he. It seems like he would also dodge. I mean, he's going to die anyway <laughs> again from this, but uh, he, he definitely doesn't take the full amount of damage. So I'm going to do some damage, but you're only going to take half. Do it. Uh. Keith, could you give me the order of the... When you get a 26 turn. is the damage that you shall take. Nope, wrong. Not correct. 13 Ooh. is the damage you will take. Oh, boy. I thought 26 was <laughs> half. I was like, holy crap. <laughs> no, 13. 13 is the damage you will take. What is that? What do you want, Jericho? Uh, the initiative order. Okay, because you're saying we probably want to shut her down and get back to it? Uh, no, I just want to know the initiative order, but we can make it that reason as well. So far, it's been it's been Elvir, Jericho, Derman, Baba, Adrian, Reginald, Dave. Cool. Yeah. All right. So that amount of damage is going to cause uh, Elvir to perish again on your back. So as you can feel him gasping for breath and gasping for life, but again on your back. Uh, he is 
now zapped back into unconscious or you know deadness. Cool. Uh, you feel the life leave his body on your back, which is a shame. Um, as she cackles and says, "Unlimited <laughs> power." <laughs> Um, it is now Adrian's turn who is going to continue trying to run her down I've got something interesting to try I hope it works because if it does it will be both funny and cool okay alright I am just getting all Reginald wait Oh wait, hold on. Sorry, Adrian. Adrian made it to her. I, I, I was thinking Baba Lasaga was over there with Derman. He's not. Adrian made it uh, to Baba Lasaga, and he is going to go. peck at her head angrily. <laughs> when it gets to Reginald's uh, turn, I want to shout to him. Did she take pecking okay. damage? <laughs> yep. She's going to take 200 ooh, two, pecking, two pecking damage. damage. Going to take four. Going to take nine pecking damage. Freaking pecking like a madman. What a <laughs> pecker. Don't be such a don't be such a little pecker head. All right. She got a raven flying around her head hey, now. Reginald is, it is now it, Reginald's he is turn. enraged. He is pissed off at what's going on. He has just had enough of this BS. So he is about to rush in, but... Nope. If you're about to rush in, I don't need to say anything. If I see you rushing in, you oh, just do You had a cool thing you, you were going to do, do, though. I didn't want to mess up the cool. No, nice. that's what I need you okay. to do to do the cool thing. All right. <laughs> I'm rushing Playing in three decks of blazing. Right. All right. It is I'm a twenty-five to, to hit, me amigo. All right, you're going to try to you're going to great axe that skull, I guess, because she's ten feet off the ground. I feel like you're probably going to okay, have yeah, to great axe the skull style. if you want to get to her. All right, and you it is sixteen damage. Uh, your great axe passes through the skull, shattering it nice. underneath the weight of your blade. Uh, the skull shattered, and Babala Saga the hag falls ten feet to the ground. Um, she's going to roll a deck saving throw, landing much more gracefully than you would expect a hag Second to land. Attack. She lands like a dang samurai. Um, uh, yeah, right okay. in front of you, ready second to attack. receive a second attack. It was a 19 plus 8. My crits, my crits are nineteen and twenty because I'm champion. So, it is a oh god, it is a twenty-four damage. All right, oh baby, she takes a juicy hit right in the back. Um, you just slice down and you can, you feel some bones shatter as you do that. Um, as she shrieks in pain, nice. very angry. Thanks for coming you. after my friends. And I am just staying right on top of her. Just like, um, I am not backing down. All right. 
Dave um, is going to work his way that way, but he doesn't have enough movement to attack, but he's getting closer. Um, as he's still upset about the death of his younger child, he's calling out to Adrian. He says, Adrian, I need your son, please. <clears throat> um, and then it's going to be uh, Jericho's turn. Cool. Unfortunately, my cool thing had to do with the skull, but it's okay, because that was still cool. Okay. Uh, I'm going to use my ensnaring strike crossbow now and ensnaring Should strike it. her. I got to ask, what was the cool thing going to be? I have one second level spell. I was going to rush in there and me and you and Adrian were all underneath her. And I was going to use the rope <laughs> trick and we could all nice. climb up to the skull. <laughs> I love the- rope trick. <laughs> nice. One of the best spells ever. All right, I rolled a 26 to hit. Nice. You definitely hit. Sweet. Crossbow bolt enters her bite. And next time you hit with a weapon attack, a writhing mass of thorny vines appears at the point of impact, and the target must succeed on a strength saving throw or be restrained by the magical Ooh. vines until Does the spell ends. Does that affect me or Idrion? Oh, cool. No, only the target hit. Will a 13 save? Uh, that depends on what my thing is, which I do not know. A 13 is my spell DC, so whatever we did last time it meant. She saves. Yeah. The, the vines go to grab her, but again, with surprising strength, she rips them from the ground and they die in the air as she pulls them up. Darn it. Well, she still takes a damage. From the coral that entered her body. So that's one and another one plus my modifier. So six damage. All right. Then I have an extra attack. She's got a lot of blood on her right now. She is bleeding profusely. She is having a rough day. Extra attack firing again. That is a 15 plus 7 is 22 to hit. Uh, 22 to hit. That'll hit her. Cool. That's a full 6 damage. The plus 4 with another wild. 10 damage. Wait, so total 10? Total 10. Total 10. Really not feeling it. That one passed like into a lung. That one, that one definitely did not feel good. That means it is now Derman's, Derman's turn, right? I'm going to move towards her. Okay. I'm, I'm going to use the uh, scroll of Revivify that I got. Was okay. Elvir dead outright this time? Uh, he's dead. All right. he, he's also an NPC, so they just die. Oh, uh, okay. So I, I forgot about that. Uh, I use NPCs that. NPCs don't make saving throws, saving rules. And then I go to the other side of the cart and put him down. All right. So while you're running, while you're running with him, he dies again on your back, and you pull out the scroll, the revivify scroll, and cast the spell again and again. He vomits blood <laughs> all over your back. His bones crushed, his body broken. His you know you can feel just the the pain. 
but he is he does come so back. Where's all the blood coming from? I, I, right. Revivify brings it back. I um I lean him up against like the back of the cart and try to hide him a little bit, and I say, "Stop dying," and then I move around to the other side of the cart and face Bubble Saga. Gotcha. He looks at you. He says, "Try." As he coughs up more blood on you. Um, back towards Baba Lasaga. All right. So what she's going to do is uh, really at this point, kind of understanding that she is not long for the world. She is going to turn around and cast another lightning bolt towards Adrian and Reginald, hoping maybe she can at least take a Raven or a Reginald with her to the grave. Um, so I'm going to need you guys, um, let me go find lightning bolt again. I need you guys to roll a dexterity saving throw, Reginald and Adrian. It is, ooh, it is a seven. Seven. Can I? Ooh, Adrian is like right save. there with me. Can I? Can I impose disadvantage on that? Um, mm-hmm. it's a spell, so I don't know. You can't. So she's not doing it. She's not rolling. You guys are rolling dexterity, so I don't know if you can help him with his dexterity check. Because I think your uh, help comes from shielding. Right. right. Let me check real quick. Okay. Okay. I'm going to roll that beautiful bean footage damage for a moment. Mm. It's it if I remember right cuz I'm having trouble finding it. It's a it's an attack that would deal damage. So, let's see here. I'm trying to remember what the thing is. What is That's the, what, what is for. your skill called? Okay. Because if it has to do with you shielding him from damage, I'm going to say the spirit of that skill probably wouldn't apply here. I'm pretty sure you can dodge it if you have a yeah, shield. Yeah, I do have a shield equipped. Yeah, he, he, he does have the shield. Just I remember I mentioning the shield earlier. Yeah, but if you're saying that it's something that can't be blocked by a shield, then that makes sense to me. No, it's not about not being able to be blocked by a shield. It's more of, I don't think he's going to be able to help Adrian have no, better dexterity it's, by using The way shield. that it works is but basically I mean, he's like right up on top of me. So I I just boot and I move my shield in front of where he is, give him like extra cover. So he would, he would get advantage. Um, Are you using uh, yes. protection, Josh, yes. from the, the fighting style? When a creature you can see attacks a target other than you that is within five feet of you, you can use your reaction to impose disadvantage on the attack roll. You must be wielded and healed. Gotcha. So she's not doing an attack roll. So I think most literally we're not going to do the disadvantage. But also I'm looking at our map here and he's he's 
probably a little bit over five feet away from you at this point. He's like pecking her head, but you did move to her, so he is five feet. But even still, I think we're going to read that literally. I'm not going to give him the disadvantage on the uh, or the okay. advantage on the dexterity. Does does that yeah, sound like language? What's the group? Yeah, think? yeah. I forgot that he was uh, a head pecker. Okay. All right. Cool. Right. He was a head pecker. Uh, sadly, hopefully none of us become a headpecker. Um, so he is going to take um, a lot of damage. And he also, whenever the lightning bolt courses through his veins, he's going to take 31 damage. And Reginald, you too are going to take 31 damage uh, from from this lightning bolt. Adrian as well, trying to avenge the death of his brother, who he doesn't know is alive behind the cart. Uh, the lightning passes through his small raven body and he transforms back into a human and flops onto the ground dead, uh, just like his brother before Ooh. him at the feet of Baba Lasaga. And Reginald, I don't know how much I'm, damage uh, I'm, I'm hanging in there. Okay, so you're able to take it. Fried, though you may be. A little be. bit crispy, but yeah, I'm hanging in there. Okay. All right. um, that means it is your I turn. am... I am crispy yet pissed off at this point. <laughs> so I am uh, I am crisped off. I'm right crisped now. off. I'm going in with the axe. Um, it's a it's a seventeen to hit. All right, I just uh, well, I, I'll hit. just add them up. So that's a seventeen, and the second one is a thirteen. Okay, I'm gonna take a, I'm gonna take that action surge and get in one more attack. Uh, it is a, or you could no, use I'm, inspiration. I'll use the I'll, I'll use the action surge because I get that one back after I rest. Uh, also, the second one was a nat twenty, so uh, or the excuse me, the third one's a nat twenty. Yeah, go ahead and tell me how you are. I'm I'm assuming roll your damage, but you Ooh, can go okay. ahead and think about uh, how damage you on the first one is. Uh, not great. It's nine. Uh, damage on the second one is okay. Uh, it's fourteen. All right. No, it's a fourteen Total and a nine. The two, right? And uh, the other one was a miss. All right. You uh, successfully with three swipes of your axe, nice. one missing, Going straight to the midsection. Saga. Um. Nice. So the first one. So so what you do with this is you are so angry. You're like there's there's now lightning bolt lines that go down the wooden handle of your axe and grabbing it with the heat, uh, still coursing through the blade and the the wood. You swing the axe like a like Babe Ruth at the waist of Babala Saga. The first hit slicing all the way to her belly button. But unsatisfied with a killing blow such as that, you pull the axe back out and slice again, cleaving her torso from her legs as she falls like Darth Maul, not down a pit, but to the ground. And her head lay directly beside the young boy or the the young adult man that she murdered just now with a lightning bolt. And combat is over. You have murdered or killed Baba Lasaga. I immediately ran over to Adrian. Okay. And I'm going to cast Revivify on his Lord, how, how many Revivifies you got, homie? Well, I have two third level spell slots there and I have the scroll. So <laughs> that's it. Just enough. 
No one else can die tonight. You accidentally miss and you revivify it by the right. saga. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Charles, oh, man, pissed. All right. <laughs> you stand over uh, Adrian's body and you cast yeah. the spell revivify on you him. Gotta, you've got to touch him, so I imagine that like Dermon just runs over and like kind of falls to his knees and like slides forward over a few feet to him and then just like pokes him in his chest and then like the energy courses into him kind of like like um a defibrillator yeah. just kind of like yeah. So so I understand revivify well it's a third level spell which seems kind of low to like bring people back to life is there anything weird with like the effects Well they have to you you have to get to be in a minute, minute. Okay, that's it. That's the catch. Oh, yeah, so you definitely arrive within a minute. You barely get there, but you get there within a minute. Um, after, you know, combat is over, you come running over there, you slide in and defibrillate him, and again, like, it's whenever you pull your hand up, it's like your hand is a blood magnet pulling blood out of this, this man's chest as he coughs up blood. Um, Day, Davian, almost a complete emotional wreck, uh, the light returns to his eyes for just a moment as he rushes towards uh, his eldest son, who he believes is his only uh, son left because he's not sure whether Elvir yet lives or not. But that, as he runs over there and he weeps over his son's, you know, crushed body, uh, that is where we're going to end Dungeon Boys for tonight. Ooh. Thank you, everybody, for being here. <laughs> we only. <laughs> We will get back to more Dungeon Boys next week. Lord willing, and the creek don't rise. So our podcast listeners, thank you so much for hanging out. If you're listening to this on a podcast and there is a way for you to leave a review, we would love for you to do that. Um, if you enjoy this podcast uh, or this episode, there are you know a lot more that you can listen to. Mark seems to have been here for the whole time. Thank you for that. Uh, Mark Mark is sending you all GGs. He's giving you all the He's good games. He's still game. here. Nice. Um, so, yeah. Good job. GG to Mark for still being here. Uh, but Dungeon Boys listeners, you can follow us on Twitter at Taint Media Games. You can join the Discord. Uh, if you go to Twitter, you can find a link to that or a link in the description of this podcast. We'd love to hang out with you and talk everything Dungeon Boys or D&D in the D&D or the Dungeon Boys channel there. But in the meantime, we would like for you to remember that we love you very, very much, and we will see you next time. Later. Bye. Toodles. Toodles.